Welcome into Hoopsville, everybody. On this Thursday evening, we have uh, lots to talk about tonight, so we're not going to be able to do much in this first block since we're so late hitting the air. If you listen to the podcast or on demand, you have no idea what we're talking about. But trust me, we're late. Uh, we are lost a good chunk of time. We tested everything today. We, we, we moved to a new system. By the way, if you hear our dog barking in the background, it's because it's just my son and I at home, and he's in the studio. Um, we'll have him grab him and just maybe cuddle with the guy. Andy's not able to do anything right now uh, because as much as we tested everything and got everything set up to work, and it was working as of 30 minutes before the show started or is scheduled to start, now we can't. We, we lost one thing, finally got that fixed, and then lost the big part. Again, we literally shut down computers, brought them back up, tested it again. It worked fine until we needed it to work. Now it's not working. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Hoopsville you can also join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville, where we're live simulcasting the show. Also live simulcasting the show on YouTube, youtube.com slash D3Hoopsville. We'll try and keep a track of everybody and where they are and all of that jazz throughout the night and wherever you might be watching. If you got comments, let us know. We'll do our best to stay up and, and in touch with you along the way. Let's talk about the guests we'll have on tonight, and literally we're going to be taking a, a break here momentarily to get to them. Uh, we'll start. Um, a reminder, we're now, if you're a fan of this show, we used to do a breakdown on Thursdays of the, um, let's see if I remember this correctly, East Mid-Atlantic, Great Lakes, and kind of the, the West region. So now we'll do that, but it's regions three, five, seven, and then nine, ten combined. Um, and so that means tonight we'll hear from Augsburg men's basketball co- coach Aaron uh, Greece to join us ahead of their big St. Uh, John's game. Of course, Augsburg is on top of the conference along with St. John's. We'll switch to the MIAA out of the Great Lakes region or region seven for the you those who are getting used to the new set up Albion women's basketball is actually on top of the uh, MIA conference with hope and trying lurking behind. We'll talk to Doreen Carden about the women's program. Then we'll switch into the old mid Atlantic, which is region five Eastern men's basketball coach. Dan Prusser would join us to talk about how Eagles are flying real high. Then we'll jump up into the old East, which is now region three. That is Utica women's basketball coach, Michelle Davis. We'll talk about her undefeated team and a squad that's on top of the Empire 8. Um, and basically, Utica having its best season ever. So we'll talk to her about all of that. And then we debut our top 25 double take on the women's side. Gordon Mann and Riley Zayas. Riley, I hope I said your last name correct. Will join us here on the show to give their takes on a debatable team, a dubious team, and a deep dive team. It's all ahead here on Hoopsville. I would love to tell you right now we would take a break and give you a brand new look at how we are doing commercial breaks, which would take a little bit of editing on the podcast side, but nonetheless, we can certainly make that work. But unfortunately, again, all of our bells and whistles decided not to work today. So it's the same old, same old here from us on Hoopsville. Maybe halfway through the show, we figure it out. You're listening to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the NABC studios. We want to thank our partners at Blue Frame Technology and, of course, the WBCA. Back with more after this, including Tucker.
College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. Why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division III. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Uh, a little bit just joined it at the start, but we'll go from the rest of the way as scheduled. Uh, if you got questions, again, you can email us, hoopsville at d3sports.com. You can uh, email us. Oh, that's it, hoopsville at d3sports.com. You can tweet us at d3hoopsville or hashtag hoopsville. Despite the problems with the computer, Andy's still watching that. So we, we have him doing a little bit of work, and if there's something that I need my attention on, he'll jump on that for me. Uh, we'll also talk... Uh, well, you can also get us on Instagram at D3Hoopsville, though we don't monitor the show there. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville, and YouTube, youtube.com slash Hoopsville. The last two, we're live simulcasting the show. When you look around, there's a, at this point in time, I always like looking around uh, the country to find teams who are not talking about or haven't gotten a lot of attention or maybe have snuck past us, maybe not getting a lot of top 25 attention despite having what looks to be pretty solid starts to the season. Of course, we're at the halfway point for everybody at this point in terms of the 25-game schedule not talking conference playoffs. And everybody on tonight's show has two losses or none. Everybody's on top of their conference, and they're not really getting top 25 attention. Maybe that's a fault of my own on the men's side. Well, who knows? There's a lot of teams to try and consider. Well, if you look at the MIAC, yes, St. Thomas is gone. I think a lot of people thought St. John's would be kind of in the conversation, as it were, but they kind of stubbed their toe coming out of the gate. We're two and two. Oh, they've won a lot since, and they've got a big game against a team that's actually kind of on top of the conference with them, Augsburg, who's also 11 and two, eight and oh in conference play. Well, I want to talk to Augsburg, nothing against St. John's. It's just a different conversation. So joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, it's the head coach of the Augsburg Augies. It's Aaron Grease. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. You talk to Pat all the time. I mean, let's get some new blood in here. I'm glad to take that that chair. Uh, sir, you, you you preach the truth. You absolutely <laughs> preach the truth. Um, first and foremost, 11-2 and two start. In some ways, I feel like you, you snuck under the radar because I think 
to be honest, St. Thomas law left. No one's watching the Tommies anymore. St. John's is where everybody thought things were going to be in the conference, despite the fact the last few years, the, the conference has certainly shown it's deeper than just the top two. But why do you think you guys have been under the radar at 11-2 and two and 8-0 in conference play? Yeah, well, uh, I don't mind being under the radar uh, to start off. Like, I under the radar is kind of where I like to live anyway. Um, why, why are we perceived that way? I don't know. Because if you look back at the last decade, uh, we're up there at the top with St. John's and St. Thomas uh, in terms of overall record. So we've been there. We've been there for a while, but we're perfectly content being where we are right now. Um, and, and St. John's, St. John's is the top of the league. They are, I mean, they're, they're a really good team and, you know, everybody else is trying to compete with them. And we're just, we're just one of those crew, uh, crew of teams that uh, are in that, uh, in that group that's, uh, trying to put our best foot forward every night. And, uh, we've been fortunate. We've got a really good group and, and, uh, we've been fortunate in these first games and, and, uh, have shot the ball really well. So yeah, uh, we'll, we'll take that underdog role. Yeah, sure. I, I, I had a feeling you might embrace that. Uh, no problem with that, right? Um, I came from Promenade. Why wouldn't I embrace the underdog role? There, there you go. Uh, started the season with a win over Crown, then lost to Lacrosse after having the game against River Falls postponed uh, early on. Uh, lost it by one, though, to Lacrosse. It was certainly a battle in Lacrosse. You know, really good team. I've got them in my top 10. Um, then got into conference play because if it's the Mayac, you're going to get into conference play whether you're ready or not and before Thanksgiving. <laughs> Um, yep. Hamlin, Bethel, St. Skanks, Alaska, Carlton, uh, Gustavus Adolphus, and St. Olaf, all victories. And then you tried to play River Falls again, and then tried to play River Falls again, and finally got that game, and they tripped you guys up. Unfortunately, you were supposed to play uh, Stevenson down in Daytona Beach. This is for everybody who doesn't know your schedule. Uh, then did get a game in against Rhodes and DePaul before returning home and getting get back into conference play. We'll get back to that in a minute. First off, River Falls is definitely uh, a thorn in your side, not only because they beat you, but because you tried to play them three times. Uh, yeah. that's That feels like a syn synopsis of the season. Yeah, I mean, everything is, you know, you have to be ready at a minute's notice to play, and you have to be flexible in these days. Uh, you know, kind of oddly enough, the the second time, or was it the first? I, I can't remember. It was, a, it was the second time. The second time it was a – that game got postponed because of wind. I, I've never had that before. Uh, and I've been coaching for a long time, but we got postponed because of wind. And, uh, and, you know, then we go over there and, and they flat out played us. Um, and there's no two ways about it. They sure. played better than we did that night. Um, that was the, we were leaving for Daytona the, the next day and guys are ready to get on that plane and no, <laughs> no, not throwing excuses out there. Cause they kicked our tails and, sure. and it was a game for them. No, and, and listen, it, you you kind of hit the nail ahead on the head a little bit there first. Obviously, the oddity of wind, and I mean, nowadays, you'll take a game for wind versus COVID. Yep. Uh, and then, obviously, trying to find a spot where you can play it wherever you can play it, even if it has to be the day before you're heading off to Florida. It, it kind of all comes together to some degree into why or, or how flexible you need to be as a team. And to some degree... Does that almost help to have those kinds of distractions to keep everyone from focusing too much on the game at hand? And I mean that in the sense that you don't overthink the games. Yeah, no, I think you're right. You know, we kind of subscribe to the theory of improvise, adapt, and overcome. And there's going to be challenges, especially at the Division Three level. I mean, 
who knows when their schedule changes in your own gym. And, you know, we have one gym and we have to change this or change that, change the time, or somebody has a night class. And we're, we, we're uh, well-versed in uh, being adaptable and, and flexible to things like that and game times. And, you know, especially in these last two years with COVID, when, you know, you could find out the day before that you're without two of your starters and, and you, you have to find, find a way to uh, adjust to that and put your uh, put your best effort out there on the floor. And I, you know, I think we're comfortable with that. And I think we've, we've been doing that pretty well. Uh, you did get back into conference play, as we said, on the other side of the new year, um, you, you didn't even play until the 8th of January. And that's looking at our schedule. I'm not looking at yours. I probably should look at yours. Cause I had a feeling you had other games, I think in there, right before the eighth, or was that actually when you were supposed to start, start up? We had a buy on the first uh, conference oh. play date. So, so yeah, we were scheduled to start on the eighth. So you had the eighth, you got a nice win over McAllister. Then you had the St. Mary's game. Now it says canceled. I want to come back to that in a minute. Uh, and then you played Concordia Moorhead and obviously St. John's ahead. First off, you once again, dealing with another game that couldn't get played this time because of COVID. Interestingly enough, I believe it was just today, the Mayak came out and announced that the forfeit rule is now not the forfeit rule. So no one's going to be punished per se, in conference standings. It has nothing to do with overall record. Um, but does do, do you get a chance now to try and play that game anyway? Are you going to be able to make that game up, or is this just too jammed the schedule, even now after the fact, to try and make it up? That That's the million-dollar question. And um, I think I think the uh, the theory is, is that we could make that game up if both sides agree to play the game. Um, and it's on – both schools to agree to play that game. Right. And, you know, I think in some instances there will be games made up and in other instances, there won't be games made up. Um, you know, and we don't have much control over that. I know every league has a different philosophy um, about reschedules and how to go about that. And ours uh, for the last two years, you know, cause we dealt with this last year as well. It's just up to the two coaches to try to figure out, you know, if there is a date that will work for them, the problem is because, as you as you well know, Dave, you know we have uh, a twenty game league schedule, and uh, we have limited weeks to do it. So now, if we're going to make up these games Monday, Mondays are the if there's an open Monday, that's the time. And so then you're going to be playing Monday, Wednesday, Saturday on back to back weeks in order to make up these games. So it, it can be a challenge. It's definitely going to be a challenge to make them up. I mean, we could we could schedule because every every conference is having these these issues with COVID. I mean, we could schedule lacrosse again. We could go play Oshkosh. We could go play, go down to the Iowa conference because, um, you know, in my opinion, we're going to need those games. Like we need games and we need good opponents. And well, so for us, we're looking at it as an opportunity to, uh, to improve our strength of schedule. Well, as you said, right, the strength of schedule is key here because, again, you're down to five games non-conference just because of the conference schedule. But more importantly, you already lost at least one because of Stevenson being – uh, pulled off your your schedule um well we don't need to go into the details but obviously for, for re well i guess did you make it up my question is yes you only you don't have a lot of games you lose conference games if you're not going to make them up obviously you want to go play some non-conference because your conference sos isn't going to do a lot for you when you play that many games no so, no question so but are you dependent on the conference loss of games or do you have any still in your pocket? 
Well, we have one game open right now because okay. even though we we lost the Stevenson game, you know, we got that switched around to Rhodes. Okay. So we've okay. Got, you know, we still played two down in Daytona, Rhodes right. and DePaul. Now we're just short one game. So if um, if we don't end up uh, rescheduling the St. Mary's, we'll be in the market uh, and probably on social media trying to find another team to play us. Uh, you know, hopefully someone in our region who's regionally ranked. Is yeah, I mean Christopher Newport. I mean they might be looking for games. Uh, Yeshiva. <laughs> oh wait, they're not in your region. Uh, might be a little harder. Hey, let's talk about the team. Um, first off, huge roster. Not surprising to some degree coming out of COVID to see a lot of teams with rosters. Granted, you're an institution that I don't mean to, to make it as a, a, a lower point, but you're not cheap. So obviously make some making strong decisions to come and play you or play with you guys. Um, so you got a lot of players and to some degree, you've got a lot of players with a really good core unit coming back. I mean, you've got some tremendous players, and I know that's why I've had you on my radar the entire season. But when you've got guys, I'm trying to find the right word. It's funny because you look at your stats, nobody jumps off the table. No one comes roaring off. They're like, oh, my God, you got to stop him because he scores 20 points a game and grabs seven rebounds and hands out eight assists. You don't have anybody necessarily like that. You might have missed Joe Palmer. He's Okay, so there was Joe Palmer. I was trying to move past Joe Palmer. Yep. Obviously, Palmer's there. But, I mean, is everybody – you have Palmer. (laughs) What I'm trying to get at is you've got everybody else. You've got this roster that allows you to almost miss Palmer and not in a way that I'm watching the game and I don't see Palmer. It's like, go ahead, pick your poison. You've got Palmer, and he remember how good he is. But there's guys who are going to still pour in their 15, 20, 25 points on top of that. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. I'm sorry, I mean, long way of getting to that question. Yeah, no, no, that's okay. Um, we, for a long time now, I mean, you know, leading up to this season, we've known our guard core um, is, is, you know, among the best in the region. I mean, we have, you know, a two-time all-conference point guard returning. He's in mass. Uh, getting uh taking master's classes with his COVID year. Uh we have a division one transfer at the at the two guard uh and another uh senior who's been in our program for four years at the guard. And then we have Joe Palmer at the four who's actually a guard, but so we're playing four guards. And those 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 that core of guys is uh they're veterans and we all know you win with veterans. Yeah. And uh they can all shoot the ball and they're all like really, really skilled. And um <laughs> And so we're, we're really tough to guard. I mean, schematically, I mean, our offensively, we're really tough. They can all shoot it. They can all drive it. Um, they're willing passers and, uh, and they know each other because they've been around each other for a while. So, um, you know, I really, really like that, that guard group that I have, but, and that's not to mention, and it's not to, you know, lessen uh what we have at the four and the five because we have two fives that we play um pretty much equal minutes that um are really good too and they can score inside they can both of them can shoot a little bit out on the perimeter um they're doing a great job on the glass this year so yeah i you know i can't say enough how much i like my roster not just from a skill standpoint uh but these guys from day one like they get along they're fun they're fun to be in the gym with and that that is a big reason why we're off to this start because they enjoy being in the gym. They enjoy being together. They enjoy being on the road and the airplane at the hotel. Like they, 
they they get along and that cohesiveness is i think a big piece of of why we're at where we're at right now yeah, I was trying to have a little fun with the fact that Joe Palmer is a freshman and scoring all those points, and so you didn't have anybody. I, I kind of missed the boat overthinking that one. But, yeah, Joe Palmer, the, the, what I wanted to get with him was he's coming in, quote-unquote, as a first-year freshman and scoring junior. these points and putting up the numbers of nearly 10 rebounds. Uh, I think he's third on the team in assists, uh, pretty high up in, in steals as well. He's obviously a, a linchpin, but as a freshman – your advantage is that conference doesn't know him very well. You and, might be looking at his brother, John, who's a freshman. Joe's a junior. Oh, is he? Um, I apologize. Okay. No, no, that's okay. That's okay. Um, yeah, he's leading Oh, yeah, the I did. I totally wrote that down wrong. You're he's right. Leading the lead I apologize. Rebounding and and uh, his brother's going to be a good player, too. So shout out John Palmer as well. But, um, but yeah, John uh, Joe's been around for a little bit, and um, he's just gotten better and better every year, and he's kind of – his game is pretty similar to uh, a player that we had a couple years ago, Booker Copeland. And, oh, reminds you know, me a lot of Copeland. Yep. yep Even looks cool. like Copeland. He does. <laughs> he does. So it's always nice to have a player like that in your program. Yeah, sorry. I, I literally wrote down freshman, and I, I should have known better. <laughs> this, this We're having a great time here. Technical glitches, calling guys freshmen who are juniors. <laughs> we're off to a roaring start. It is the 13th. It's just not a Friday. Um <laughs> What, what what I find interesting about you guys, too, is and you go back to the schedule, and I'm curious how this works out for you guys. A lot of games pretty similar in the 80s, sometimes 90s. I would call it a, an average score, not average scoring, but, you know, good scoring game, not overly scoring. You don't have a lot of low scoring games. You don't get trapped necessarily by another team. Hamlin's about the exception that yep. you played you to a 69-66 game. Otherwise, yep. you're scoring in the 90s. Lacrosse got you and held you in the 70s, but even and, and River Falls. So literally, we're talking two year losses in one game that that got you out of it. Otherwise, you are a really consistent group. Is that a yeah, testament to your defense, or is that a testament to your offense? It's a testament to our offense. Okay. If we're not scoring in the high 70s and the 80s, uh, we're probably in trouble. Um, you know, we do enough different things defensively to kind of keep some people off guard, but we are playing a smaller lineup. Um, you know, when we play bigger teams like St. John's is, sometimes they give us a little bit of trouble, teams like that. Uh, River Falls was that way. They really hurt us inside. Um, and But we want to we wanna transition. We want to push that ball uh, after made or missed baskets and get it up the floor as quickly as we can and, and take advantage of, of what we do well, which is shoot the three. I mean, we shoot a lot of threes and we make a lot of threes. And... Um, we, if we're going to be, if we're going to continue to do well, you know, we have to, uh, we have to do that at a high, at a high rate. You average about what? 12 attempts per contest. Is that right? Three. It's a, I, I believe I could be mistaken, but I think we're averaging about 21 attempts. Yeah, no, I, I did math off the top of my head and I shouldn't have done that on top of everything else I should have been doing tonight. Uh, yeah, yeah. about 20 attempts in a, a game and you're making at a clip of 35%. I, I'm curious, analytically, is that a number you want, 35%? We'd like a little higher than that. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, That's it's solid, but we're, uh, you know, when we have guys that can also get to the rim, I mean, I think uh, it's because in transition, we're getting into one-on-one -on -one situations, and that's kind of where our skill set lies. You talk about getting into transition. You talk about maybe the inside game a little bit. You, you look at your roster, you have a whole wealth of six-footers. Um, 
but you don't, I mean, you got what? Uh, Bradley Winter is a junior, 6'7". You got Alex Fisher is 6'7". Sam Olsen at 6'6". But that, if I'm not mistaken, oh, I forgot Will Schmidt, of course, at 6'6". That's it, to be honest. And I'm kind of just using that as a a rudimentary barometer. You've got four guys of, quote-unquote, size. As you said, you're playing four guards. You're almost on the little small side. So how is the inside game working? And when I looked at, at the rebounding numbers... You're you're kind of toe-to-toe with your opponents. You're not getting out-rebounded by that much. Yeah, you know, size has always been to me. Um, it's not as much about the size. It's more about the skill and your intelligence on the floor. Um, and you can make up for a lot of faults by just being a smart player out there um, and, and being aggressive. So uh, Joe Palmer, when he's at his best, um, he's gobbling. He's like, he got 16 rebounds last night. He was all over the glass, 16. And it seemed like 25 to me. He was all over the glass, much like Booker was when he was playing. Yeah. And, and the two post players are both averaging around six, seven, uh, rebounds a game in about 20 minutes a game. And, uh, and our point guard rebounds well. And, uh, it's obviously something that we need to work on. And we're cognizant coming into the year that, that the glass was going to be something that we really needed to focus on because of our size. But so what we what we always do is that we look, all right, where, where, where are our strengths and how can and where are our advantages? And um, we try to highlight those as much as possible. So if we're going to be small, if we have small and skilled guys where well, we're going to put people in space and trying to use try to use what we have. We have speed. We have quickness. We have skill. We have guys who can shoot the ball. We have guys who can get to the rim. So we're going to space the floor and be tough to guard out on the perimeter. And the, the posts are going to take advantage of that um, in a lot of different ways. Uh, we Those posts can shoot it. So so those posts will, posts will space the floor wide, and which opens up the basket for, for penetration. And so, again, all we're doing, we're not really concerned with, do we have 6'8", 6'9", 6'10"? Do we have four of them? Yeah, sure, it'd be great. But you know what? We don't. So what do we have? We have skilled perimeter players. We have guys who can shoot the ball, so let's put them in space and figure out how we can be the best we can be. Heard a coach last week or a last show say, hey, we shoot a lot of threes and we know the rebound's coming out to about eight feet. Yeah. Similar? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's exactly right. And we want more possessions. We don't want we don't want to slow down, you know. We want we want as many possessions as we can get. I mean, we we'd like to get up 73, 74 possessions in a game. It's a lot. And, it is a lot. I think we're averaging 72 right now. Um, we'd like to get up there a little bit higher. So we're trying to increase that tempo as, as much as we can. Obviously, big game coming up. Uh, should it be played? And I say that seriously. Um, weather, too, by the way. Uh, who knows? <laughs> uh, you got St. John's coming up. Obviously, a big game for multiple reasons. How, do you overthink it to some degree because it's the first time you two will will be will face off and not face off again until February twelfth, or do you take what you have and win or lose, just move on from it? I, and I'm I'm literally trying to understand: is it a big game for you guys, or is the big game later? Well, you know, th- this is going to sound cliche, but I mean, we try to make every game a big game. This this clearly has gotten a lot of attention. Uh, people have been talking about this game around these parts for. Uh, a week or maybe two weeks because, you know, it was kind of lining up where if things went the way people expected, then both of us were going to be undefeated in the league headed in, heading, headed into this weekend. And so there's been a lot of attention uh, on this game. And, um, and yes, it is, it is a big game. 
um, because somebody's going to be in the driver's seat, um, you know, moving forward. But you also have to remember that, you know, we're halfway, this will be halfway through the conference. And it's not like we're the only two teams in the conference. There's, there's some other very, very good teams in this conference. And, you know, with Carlton and Gustavus and St. Olaf and Bethel, like they're all good, solid teams. And yeah. that's the beauty of this league is that on any given night, and it's this, it's every, it's every league probably, but on any, any given night, you can get beat. And that goes for us. It goes for St. John's Gustavus. I mean, it's a competitive league. And so um, we're just trying to do the best we can to focus every single night and put our best effort out every single night. And, you know, our guys are excited about this game. I'm sure St. John's is excited about this game. They're a ter terrific team, very well coached, and we're going to have to be really good to win the game. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Um, we should point out that game is at their place, so you'll get the return in uh, your third-to-last regular season game. Actually, your last home game will be uh, St. John's. So, I, again, yep. big game for you guys coming up, but obviously another big one coming up in February. But you also have to play in between them. So how do you make sure – that the next game's not your trap against St. Scholastica. Yeah, I really don't. With this group of guys, I really don't think that that's going to be a problem. I, I really don't because I think uh, we have enough veterans uh, around that have been through this league uh, for three and four years that know how, how it goes. And they've been in enough close games to know that, you know, you have to, you have to compete every single night and you got to put your best effort out every single night or you're going to get beat. It just, it, it's not one of those deals where you can show up and just say, we're going to show up tonight and uh, things are going to go our way and we're going to win. That's not how it goes. And with a young group of guys, I'd be more concerned about that. We don't have a young group of guys. Um, these guys are veterans. They've been through it before our senior point guard won, you know, the conference playoff went to the NCAA tournament his freshman year. And so um, they're, 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 they understand what's at stake and, and how we go about it. And the fact of the matter is, is that Saturday's game is one game out of 20. Well, now 19 for us, but it's one, it's one game out of the conference schedule. So um, you take it for what it's worth. Uh, well, coach, I appreciate you coming on. Um, sorry for the actual chaos there uh, a little bit, but do me a favor if you could, I, I wouldn't mind if you actually started and told John to play like Joe once in a <laughs> while, just to mess with your opponents Right. Call it the Hoopsville Special, call it the Days Absent-Minded, whatever you want to call it. Just right. try it. See me. I, I might be – I feel like I'm on to something. I think you are on to something. I think John could do it for sure. He'll tell you he could. <laughs> of course he could. He's four inches shorter, but I wish him all the luck in the world. That's right. That's right. Hey, uh, thanks, thanks for humoring me, uh, especially my chaotic brain tonight. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time and coming on. Good luck coming up, not just Saturday, but – throughout the rest of the season. Stay safe and healthy, obviously. We always give the guests, though, the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuned in? Well, I just want to I just want to share that I appreciate you. And I appreciate uh, D3 Hoops, you and Pat, for doing what you do because uh, you do Division Three basketball a great service, and we really appreciate you. Well, thanks. After this interview, I don't know if you appreciate me as much as you say you do, <laughs> but I appreciate it nonetheless. Uh, right. Take, take thanks, care of yourself. Thanks for the time, and we'll look forward to talking to you down the road. Sounds good. Aaron Grease joining us from Augsburg. Uh, it's not Augustana like I called them during a D3Hoops.com Classic once. Don, that one's for you. But apparently I got John and Joe mixed up. Ah, To tell you the truth, I never thought I would make that mistake. So I didn't think about it. And I probably should have. 
I should have written myself a note to remind myself that there's brothers with numbers four and number five that could easily get confused when looking at your notes. So I did that. We'll take a break. When we come back, we will talk women's basketball. We'll talk to another school that starts with the letter A, Albion women's basketball. Doreen Carden will join us, talk about how her team is up in the mix in the MIAA. Oh, by the way, while they're, while they're, tied for the lead you know what their next two games are who their next two games are against hope and trying we'll talk to albion about that big battle coming up you're listening to hoops so presented by d3hoops.com back with more after this my name is marcus walker i was all state won a state championship a high school all-american and played college and pro ball i played because i love the game i grind to be the best i sweat because i put in work I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To to stop stop sexual sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person. Competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. There are over 480,000 college athletes. Only 2% would go pro. That means over 470,000 will not get a shoe contract. No autographs, no private jets, no fan clubs, no Hall of Fame inductions. Instead, they will walk away with something much more valuable.
Sorry, folks, working on the gremlins here. Whoa, all of a sudden the audio got sky high for me. I, I, this system's a little wonky tonight. We're going to have to figure it out. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. Wow, the audio's way high. Hold on. Hope you can hear it okay now. Trying to lower the audio. There we go. It's a little bit better. We're working on it. Uh, it, it was one way, one way, and one way the next. We're having a weird gremlin tonight. Anyway, the good news is next commercial break, just a heads up, we're going to actually pause the broadcast because it looks like our system is working uh, and switch systems. If it doesn't work, we'll get it back started. Don't worry. So just bear with us. It's going to pause for a bit, and then we'll come back. You're listening to Hoopsville, and we're going to keep moving along. Uh, women's basketball. Uh, I was looking through some teams in the in the old Great Lakes region and was startled, and I do mean that genuinely, startled to find that there was a tie in the MIAA that I was not expecting. That's because on the women's side of things, uh, it's not just hope. It's not just trying playing well. Albion is having a tremendous season. Now, I did this a little bit on purpose. Their next two games are hope and trying. Yeah, so maybe I'm being a little unfair to everybody involved, but I figured I'd take advantage of the opportunity while I had it, joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, it's the head coach of the Albion Women's Basketball Program. It is Doreen Carden. Coach, thanks for joining the program. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Can you hear me okay? I can. I finally figured out where my mute button was. Okay, great. Uh, folks, behind the scenes, we couldn't hear each other, but I could see the little lights bouncing, so I knew she was there. Uh, first and foremost, congratulations on what is a tremendous season here, because... Well, Hope and Try are getting all the attention. Guess who's all of a sudden at the top? It's you guys. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's okay. Um, it, it, I don't mean this disparagingly, but were you expecting to be in this spot at this point in the year? Uh, good question. I mean, honestly, going into this year, I didn't know what to expect. You know, last sure. year with COVID, as we all know, was just not a good year for everybody and you know we have a lot of young kids and it was just a, kind of not a great experience for them just because it wasn't a regular season um we only you know played 14 games um so i wasn't sure like what to expect we lost our leading score after graduation this year so yeah to be 13 and 2 and 6 and 0 in conference i'm pretty happy yeah no uh, not too shabby as they say <laughs> um, yeah. what's been the, the magic sauce as it were i look at the schedule um, wins over Denison and, and Kenyon and win over Heidelberg. John Carroll, not surprisingly, tripped you up. Got a win over Case Western. Yep. St. You know, Mary's, actually the rest of the way, Otterbein did trip you up uh, at, at, uh, on the 30th of, of December. But what's been the secret in the sauce? What what has worked so well for, for the Brits right now? I mean, honestly, I think um, I think this year, like, post, well, I know COVID's still going on, but just the chemistry, like, this year we're actually allowed to, like, you know, hang out with each other and, you know, talk to each other. Last year we were so secluded and we couldn't do anything as a team and kids didn't really know each other. And honestly, like the whole team chemistry this year, like I said, being around each other, hanging out, the team bonding, I mean, it's really helped. So, you know, if everybody, anyone ever says, you know, team chemistry is not important, um, that's totally false. It's because it's like night and day difference from last year to this year. So I definitely think that helps. Um, and we've got a lot of kids, you know, we're doing a, a good job of sharing the basketball this year and not kind of relying on one. You know, Rain Hint was really good for us last year. We were kind of one-dimensional. So I think that's a big difference for us as well. Uh, I mean, you, chemistry. I, you're not – I wouldn't say you're the – well, you are the first to mention it on the show, but you're probably not the first who was thinking that. 
just hasn't mentioned yeah. it because I have heard off the air or just with casual conversations the difference in full practices and not segmented practices yep. and and players getting to hang out as you say. There's risk with that certainly. You got to you got to still kind of weigh and 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 balance things. But from what I'm seeing so far, no games have been called off. You guys are doing well. Just two losses on the season. Wins over Calvin can certainly um, spring eternal as it were. Things seem to be going right. Yeah, knock on wood. Um, right. We haven't hit any games. Yeah, we probably did. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, our league's starting to have, you know, teams cancel and makeups and all that. But, like, we've been on the plus side lucky that we haven't as of yet. So that's a good thing. But we're also on break still. Um, so our student athletes all aren't back yet. Um, so that definitely helps us. Um, we're not back until the 24th. So we've got a while still. Yeah, I thought of that. We were going to cover at the beginning of the show. Just need to get to it. We'll get to it later. Just the worry of those more students coming back and how that may play yep. out. Um, looking at the roster, it's it's. I mean, you've got you've got a wealth of experience, as you said, especially after coming back from last year. Whole mess of juniors and very few yeah. seniors. You've. You, it's it's certainly got that that elder statesman perspective to it. Is it all about those older players, or, or are there younger players who are also mixing in and, and becoming key? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, a lot of the younger kids, like like I said last year, they played a lot as freshmen, um, or a little bit, but like the roles have totally changed, and I think they've really embraced it and accepted that. And like I said, like last year, I felt like we were so one dimensional with you know getting our ball the ball inside and. I think we're giving these other kids opportunity to you know do their thing and it they really stepped up and showed um but we do have a massive juniors like you said um you know Elena Welker is one of them who's you know an all-league kid for us and played a lot for us um, um and that core with uh, Becca Ross and Angelina Mendieta like all of them have been around and you know saw a lot of minutes so I think it's a little bit of a mixture of both to be honest with you Interesting. Your top five in scoring I consider all in double figures only because I give the benefit of the doubt for anybody with nine uh, yep. points or more and I should say four or five players I am I am right there um, nine and a, nine and a half points for Riley Davis for example and nine and a half points for mm-hmm. Becca Ross and then 10 points for uh, little 10 points for Reed there are 11 points I should say for Reed 11 points for Welker and it's a mix of sophomores and juniors because you've got right. what I think three sophomores in that group and two juniors so it's kind of that that balancing act and what's scary is that group should keep returning for you as well but how is the balancing act? Because you also play a lot of players. Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of we have a lot of bigs, you know, and we only use one at a time. Um, and they're all sophomores, you know. We have one junior um, and a freshman in the mix too. So, um, you know, they're it's it's tough to play a lot of those kids, especially in that spot, you know, guard wise. Yeah, I mean, it's nice because with our offense, I mean, we're giving everybody a lot of opportunity. Um, and they always need to be ready because now with COVID, like they never know who's going to be out, you know, when it's your time to step up. Um, but we do a good job of shuffling them in and out. Um, and it's nice to have a little bit more depth on the, on the perimeter. Yeah. Well, depth is always a good thing. Um, and yeah. got a COVID, a lot of teams are, are experiencing depth as it were. When you look at the schedule, how has it prepared you for conference play? Obviously, John Carroll tells a lot of us that, all right, you, you know you got hope, you know you got trying, but how's the rest of this group, are these games kind of re- gotten you ready? Yeah, I mean, you know, when you schedule, such with tournaments, you never know who's going to be in it. Right. But yeah, I mean, the John Carroll game for us, um, and it's nice to try to schedule AC teams, you know, and um, but I mean, we were really good that game, and it was early in the season, and 
you know, that fourth quarter kind of hit us. And, you know, obviously they have two, I think, of their fifth years. And one's a fifth year, or maybe one's a, a senior. But they kind of stepped up and carried them at the end. And, you know, Otterbine, again, was another tough loss after after break. Um, but they were super fast. And, you know, they were played hard. And so I think that's definitely going to prepare us when we see Hope and Try in the next two games. You had a, a lot, or win, I should say, against Calvin, though. It was a tight one. Yeah. 65, 67-65. Outside of the two losses, that's pretty much the closest game that you've had this season. But that's a significant win. If we're not talking hope and, and, and trying, Calvin is kind of in that conversation or in that mix. you got to feel good winning that game uh, ahead of what you've got ahead of you now. Yeah, for sure. That was a huge win for us. I know both of us were kind of battling a little bit with COVID, that game coming back after a break. Um, yeah, they had some big wins um, and, and really good. So that was a really, really good win for us. Uh, and we were all pretty big throughout that whole game. We had a bad fourth quarter, um, but found a way to, to finish. So, yeah, that was that was really big for us. I was happy to at least come away with a win against them. Because we didn't play them last year due to COVID. Uh, we never we postponed. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. We haven't seen them in, you know, in a year. <laughs> well, I mean, you've seen them now. Uh, yep. <laughs> not to hide the fact, but you do have hope in trying ahead. And I remember when I thought about booking you guys, and then when I kind of did, I thought to myself, you know, am I doing a disservice here? Is this really fair ahead of two monster games? But to some degree, I want to know about you guys now before you played those games. And, and, and God forbid, get you later, and you're like, well, we were this. Um, or, or it goes great, and we, we look like we're geniuses because we got you ahead of the curve. Uh, how do you prepare for hope and trying? Cause the schedulers must've hated you to schedule these two games back to back, uh, at this point in the season. And Oh, by the way, you'll do it again within weeks. How do you get ready for these two big games against number one, hope number six, trying. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I was going to say it does get better. Cause you're right. We play them um, next six games. We play them four times. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of crazy, but um, I mean, it's hard, you know, like, I mean, you, you kind of, I mean, our kids know what to expect, you know, we've seen them last year, a lot of their kids are back, our kids are back, um, you know, we know where they're at, and I mean, it's just hard, we got to like, kind of go with our game plan, we know what we need to focus on, you know, going into hope, it's, you know, we got to rebound, we got to, um, we got to make sure we take care of the ball, they're totally two different teams, too, as far as styles defensively, I mean, hope is, you know, their defense is so unorthodox, it's just all out, and you kind of can't really, really run your offense against it, you know, yeah. and then you see trying, and it's, you know, their defense is really, really good, too, but it's, like, totally different, so the next two, you know, games are going to be totally different for us preparing, but, I mean, we know we need to stay within ourselves, we need to make sure we play, you know, really good basketball and sound basketball, you can't make a lot of mistakes and get down early against, you know, them, too, because it's really hard to come back. Yeah, fair point. Yeah. No, that's fair. Now, you'll be at Hope and then at home against Trine. You have Adrian and Olivet split, then you're home against Hope, and then on the road against Trine. Yeah. Not to so over... That's good. Yeah. <laughs> at least we're not both on the road. Right. That's a good point. Though yeah. not to overplay it, but to some degree, the bellwether or the, the crux of the season really plays out in the next six, doesn't it? It does. It does, um, but you know, I mean, we can only control. We can control. Obviously, sure. we can't control the schedule. So, I mean, like I said, we got to go one game at a time, and you know, worry about the game on Saturday, and you know, compete and give ourselves a chance to to win that game, and then you know, 
worry about that next Wednesday. And still, you know, going into that next week against Adrian Olivet, we still got to play everybody else again, and we got to, you know, worry about them. Because, you know, once you get in league and conference, you know, everybody wants to beat up on everybody. So you never know. So we just always got to be ready. And, of course, COVID could play a role here. You, you talked about yeah. with the Calvin game not being at 100%. You look at your stats, and you can tell where people may have been missing time. That's true with everybody. I'm seeing it across the board. Not that you ever hope for ill will, but you do hope you're at 100%. And if something has to go sideways, it's the other opponent. But to some degree, you want their best, don't you? So you want them at 100%. Yeah, for sure. Because you never, I mean, and I don't know if people would use that as an excuse, but like, you know, that's why everybody always needs to be ready. Because um, you can't use that stuff as an excuse. You do want to beat and play people at, you know, at 100%, so they can't say, hey, we didn't have so-and-so. So, I mean, it's always tough, but like I said, it is what it is. Um, you know, we're just, like, again, happy and excited for the opportunity and the challenge, obviously. This is a team that I feel like has been a little under the radar in the MIAA because of Hope, because of Trine, <laughs> to some degree because of Calvin. You haven't had all that bad seasons. I mean, 2017, 18-8. and 8. 2018, 18-8. Oh, by the way, 2019, 18-8. Uh, mm-hmm. twenty twenty was a twenty one and six season, and you're twelve and four in the MIAA. You this is a program that's been very consistent and has been there. You just haven't been able to get kind of to the top and, and into the limelight, as it were. Is this the year, or is it building still? And maybe it's next year, the year after that, you guys like fully break through. Good question. We'll find out, right? Fair, <laughs> fair, <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> But, like, I, you know, honestly, like, I'm excited about our team. I mean, I feel like we've got a lot of young kids. Um, you know, we can get some other kids in. And, I mean, we can, and we can continue to keep building. Like you said, I mean, we've been pretty solid. I mean, this is my 21st year. So yeah. um, we've had some good years. And, you know, it's tough playing teams like, you know, I hope and trying. You know, we only play them twice, but we'll probably see again, you know, a third time. So, you know, the year that we were 21-6, you know, five of those losses were, you know, to two teams that were top 25 or top 10 probably at that time. So, I mean, we do have a difficult schedule. Our league's pretty competitive, as you, as you can see. Um, but I'm hoping this is, you know, hopefully a year for us. And if not, I mean, we just build off of it. Because I honestly do think, um, you know, there's talks about getting a new facility in the future. So I definitely think that's going to help us. Because I think, you know, the hopes and the trines and the Kelvins, I mean, that, that's big. You know, the facilities are really nice. And I think that will draw kids. So if we can keep, you know, building and just kind of, like you said, getting over that hump. We're just right there. We just got to we gotta beat one of those teams to get us there. And for our kids to actually understand and realize that there's more to it than just, you know, conference. There's a tournament. And, you know, when you get there, it's fun. So I think that's what we need to get to. We just got to kind of break out, like you said, and win one of those. Overall picture, looking at Jody May's program, looking at yours, we don't have to go that far back to see 500 or below 500 seasons Albion, if no one's familiar, is very centric around athletics, uh, mm-hmm. almost excessively so. Your president is all about making sure that there's plenty of sports programs, that it can help with retention, it can help with recruitment, it can help with bringing in more students. But it feels like instead of just there being more sports, there's also seems to maybe be a change in the competitiveness. What has changed outside of just the support, obviously, of upper administration. But something else must have changed that now you all are so much more competitive than you were when you were just about having a lot of sports. I don't know. Maybe it's just the coaches. I mean, obviously, we're pretty competitive people. 
<laughs> and we sure. want to win. You know what I mean? It's, you know, we just take pride in that a lot of us. I mean, we all want to win. We want to be successful. And I think our coaches um, do a great job of working hard and, you know, getting out and getting kids um, to be better. So it's not only the administration, but I think us as a whole and a, a, a department, you know, have a lot of pride in LBN. And like I said, we want, we want to win. Um, and I think it's a lot of hard work. And I think it starts, you know, with the whole department and everybody on staff. Um, and I think it's the coaches. Like I said, we're pretty competitive people. Has has recruiting changed? Have you have you are you now getting students that you hadn't been getting in the past? Um, I mean, every year it's different. You know what I mean. It just depends, I guess. Um, you know, competing with you know, like the hopes and trying. I mean, we all kind of try to get the same kids, but I mean, maybe we in the we've kind of gone a little bit different way and have our own little niche um, here and there. Um, but I mean, it's I mean, we're still trying to to do the same thing that we've always done. It's just there's no. I don't know if there's really any right way in recruiting. Well, I just mean, is, have, you, have you noticed students that you maybe weren't getting six years ago, now you're starting to get? Yes. Yes, I can say that. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's why I was curious. I wonder <laughs> if something changed that allowed those students to go, you know what, no, Alberine is is the choice I want now. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I think it's just, a, yeah, it is. I mean, we're just going out in different areas, too, and trying to get, you know, kids um, and, yeah. And, I mean, winning definitely helps, you know, yeah. if you want to be part of those programs. And, obviously, uh, win against Hope and a win against Triumph or a win against both uh, would, would do wonders, too. But I don't want to put too much pressure on you, Coach. <laughs> That's okay. No pressure at all. <laughs> hey, I appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Sorry for the little bit of the delay and, and a little bit of the rush, but I appreciate you giving us a little bit of the insight of this team. Obviously, a tremendous season. Uh, and, and, obviously, big couple of games coming up. But I appreciate you coming on and at least talking about them. As always, we give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? No, again, I appreciate you. I thank you for you know, allowing me to, you know, um, get some recognition and get LBN basketball back out there um, and recognizing, you know, what we've done so far this year. Um, and thank you again what you do for Division Three and all our athletes. So appreciate it. Well, thanks, Coach. I appreciate you uh, being so kind. Uh, good luck on the recruiting trail. We'll look forward to, to the games coming up starting on Saturday. And above all, enjoy the season. We'll look forward to talking to you soon. Hey, I will. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Doreen Carden joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline via the phone. I love to have her and appreciate her taking the time to do so. Going to take a quick break. By the way, again, they're 13-2 and overall, 6-0 and uh, in conference play. Again, at home coming up Saturday, at trying next week, and then two games between Adrian and Olivet before then playing Hope and trying again uh, on the 29th and February 2nd take a break uh we're going to take a pause in the i'm a little nervous about this to be honest because i'm afraid i'm going to screw this up somehow but we're going to try and pause the broadcast and let it start on our other system without kind of breaking everything up and then run a break there so that we can get the best of what we were trying to accomplish earlier in the program so we're going to take a well no you know what andy we're not going to do that buddy i'm sorry i just realized why we can't do that I'll, i'll explain to him off air I just looked up and, no, I can do that. I can, no, you know what, we're going to do it. No, we're going to do it. We're going to do it live. For anybody who doesn't get that reference. So we're going to take a break. Your stream is going to pause. We will come back somehow. Don't worry. We'll come back. We're not going to drop the stream, but we'll figure it out. And listen to Hoopso, presented by D3Hoops.com. Thanks to our friends at Blue Frame Technology. The real test of their friendship comes right now. When we take this break, we'll see how this goes. Hang tight, everybody.
more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Welcome back to Hoops, everybody. I'm going to have to get used to now looking at a monitor to know when I'm back on the air. I'm normally the producer who doesn't have to worry about that. And now our audio's all over the whack again. I don't get it. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Welcome to the show. Hope you're enjoying it. Got questions for us? Tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Or on, um, we're on YouTube as well, youtube.com slash Hoopsville. Someone made a comment on YouTube, and uh, I, I don't get it, so maybe we don't need to worry about it. So, I'm you know, bye-bye. Um, all right, men's basketball. I told you we're, we're catching teams that were flying a little bit on the radar, not getting a lot of top 25 attention. Maybe they should be. Anybody looked at Eastern recently? Eastern men's basketball, top of the MAC Commonwealth right now. Only two losses. I told you, everybody only has two losses going on right now. And, uh, well, they've only got two losses. So you know what I have to do. We have to talk to him, right? Join us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. It's Dan Prusser. Prusser, I, I forgot to check in the off air. Yeah, Prusner. 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 There is an N in there. Yeah. Good point. Uh, hey, sir, thanks for joining us on the show. Uh, Eastern doing real well, as I said. 13, or 13, 11 and 2? Um, 11 and 2, 12 and 2 with that, that forfeit loss well, in there. Well, that, that doesn't go on your overall, Coach. Don't try hey, to your no, overall. No. <laughs> uh, but you're also undefeated in Mac Commonwealth play right now. Give us a sense of how the season's going from your perspective. Well, first of all, appreciate you having me on. Um you know, it's the, it's been, we started out the year, you know, heading down to Roanoke and, and we had the opportunity to uh, go down there and, and, you know, when I um, talked to them and, and found out that we were, would probably more than likely be going up against um, them, first of all, their first home game in, in quite a while. And then, and then as well as, you know, taking, taking either the winner or loser of Marietta Christopher Newport, um, you know, I think we, we kind of went down there and, and, you know, after we, we got a big home win against Salisbury uh, earlier, and then we went down there and, and, you know, they really handed Roanoke really handed it to us the first night. And then um, we weren't quite sure where we were at. And uh, all of our guys were watching Christopher Newport Marietta the next night, obviously watching two top 25 teams in front of us. And, and um, I don't think anybody really knew, um, where we were at. And, uh, you know, we walked into the gym the next day and competed with Christopher Newport for, you know, for the majority of the game, we were actually leading that game for probably 30, 30 minutes or so. And, and, uh, you know, we walked away from that game right there. And I think the guys kind of realized, Hey, we can do this. And, and, um, from then on, it's, it's, um, it, it's been good. It's been good. Guys been locked in. They've been focused on, on, you know, their ultimate goal. And, and, and so I think it's just, it's kind of one of those things where it's, it's just been kind of, been kind of rolling and, and, and things have been going well. So we hit a couple of roadblocks here and there. Um, you know, the COVID roadblock that everybody's hitting right now, a couple injuries as well, but um, even through those, we've somehow to keep, somehow been able to keep this streak alive. And, and, and so, you know, guys are really starting to buy in and believe, you know, what they can, what they can do. So.
catching this early. Yeah, the audio's still quirky, but we're we're working. Um, it looks great. Uh, yeah, it was tough. I'm. There's no way of looking around that. You guys, it's not like it was going to be an easy schedule to some degree anyway. You kind of knew that as you as you described, but you're playing well against it. And, and for some some in some way, that's got to be the crux of this because your two losses are back to back against behemoths and what is a good Roanoke team and a really good Christopher Newport team. But then you got wins where you needed them. You got wins, for example, against Messiah. You got win against others in conference when you needed them to be wins in conference. If anything, those two wins are almost help or the two losses are almost helping you at this point. Right. Right. And, and I think that's it too. I mean, we, we, we've been able to, to, to get those wins and, 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 a, and a great example is last night we, we were at Albright and, and, really shouldn't have won that game and, and guys just found ways down the stretch to make big plays and in tough moments. And, and that's the way it's been, you know? And, and so uh, even the game before that, we, we went up against hood um, had four guys out of our top, top six, seven ran rotation. I think my assistant coach told me before we went into the game that, you know, he said, coach, you realize we're down 60% of our scoring going into hood. And, um, and so, Thanks. you know, he told me that I'm like going, okay. And so, um, you know, the funny thing is we, we had a couple of guys in and out. We brought a, we brought a freshman, uh, right out of COVID and, um, you know, going up against hood, who was also four and oh at the time. Um, and, and, and the kid, I think he's averaging probably three or four minutes a game at the most. And he dropped 26 on hood. And so, and which is, which is just, you know, that's just one of the, yeah, exactly. It's one of those things where you're just like, okay, you know, and, and so it's just been moment after moment like that, that, uh, you know, that the guys just seem to be stepping up. So, um, you know, we're, we're enjoying it. And, you know, ultimately though, the guys realize, you know, we, we still got a lot of things in front of us and it's just, and it's not going to be this easy as well. So we're, we're going to hit some roadblocks, but I think guys are ready to handle it. By the way, hats off to Dan Mao, who's giving me all kinds of great notes. The one I skipped right over is how to pronounce your your name. That's not Dan's fault. That's <laughs> definitely on me. Um, let's let's kind of start things over a little bit here. You you took over uh, for Eric McNally, who's now the AD, who had a tremendous run as head coach uh, at Eastern. You came from North Carolina and Florida, so for starters, you got lost uh, <laughs> <laughs> coming north. Uh, but you take yeah. over this program that was doing so well, and to some degree, and from what I gathered, and I could be wrong, Eric kind of went hands-off on you to let you go with where you needed to go with it, and you're still kind of kind of learning the ropes, even though you know the ropes. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, no, no. How it, it has that experience been? It's been it's been great. You know, I, you sit there and, you, you know, when your athletic director is, is you know, the guy that you took over, you know, for, um, it, oh, it, you know, there's, there's a little pressure there. Um, but he's been nothing but phenomenal as far as supporting. Um, you know, I was I had the opportunity to come in as his assistant, you know, as he was, you know, kind of going, um, no, knowing that it was going to be his last year. And um, and so we had a good run. And and I, I tell everybody this, like he he laid the foundation for this program. I mean, people don't realize, you know, they they went to the playoffs four straight years in a row um and and got to the cusp of getting that conference championship game and just lost a few tough ones um but the but the but the foundations was definitely late there's no question about that um and and so when i took over uh we we actually had um 
Uh, Victor Pena, who was a real good all-conference player, he actually blew his ACL out. So he came back for his, for his fifth year. And so we, you know, bringing him back with a couple other guys, it, it was a heck of a, it was a heck of a team to get your first year. And so, I mean, that was, that was pretty exciting. And, and, and it was, um, it was, it was definitely a different tempo that we're playing now. Um, I think we averaged about 30, 32 post touches a game. And so um, we, we really pounded it inside and got to the conference championship game for the first time in school history, won 17 games. I mean, it was a phenomenal year. It was a great year. Um, and so, you know, we, we, we got to Stevens tech and, 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 you know, they put, they put four guards on the perimeter and, and we just had a hard time matching up with them. I think Jimmer for put a Jersey on over there and, 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 and shot for them while that, while they were playing. But I, I, it was, it was, we just had a hard time guarding them. We really did. And, and so I loved our size, but the reality was, and, and this is, this probably goes to, to McNally and how well he recruits. I just wasn't quite sure I was going to pull in three, six, eight bigs like he did. And, you know, and, and so, um, you know, we kind of, we kind of knew, kind of my ties a little bit, my North Carolina ties, Florida ties. Uh, we just, we kind of wanted to change a little bit, kind of what we were doing. And we wanted to go after that, you know, that six, three, six, four athlete and get, get up and down and, and, and be versatile. We wanted guys to be able to guard multiple positions on the floor um, to be able to get after it 94 feet. And, um, and, and, I, and I'll tell you, Dave, the, the big thing was, um, you know, we brought a couple guys in that, that allowed us to do that. And, um, and then, and then last year was COVID, right. And, and so many guys want to forget about COVID. Um, COVID was the best thing that could have happened to us. Uh, you know, we went 0 and 9. I'm not sure if, 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 if you saw that, but like, it was, it was tough. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, our guys gained an identity last year and that identity was, what was huge and, and kind of figuring out who we really were. Uh, you know, going 0 and 9, having some guys in COVID, we found ourselves in situations where, you know, we're down 20, you know, we're down 25. And then, you know, you know, five, six minutes later, we're down seven, eight. And, you know, I'm sitting to my assistant coaches on my bench and I'm just going, man, this is who we are right here. We get after it. We cause turnovers. Um, uh, and, and, and so that identity that these guys kind of bought into um, really, really has determined where we are right now. Um, and, and, you know, we got, we got our, our, <clears throat> our, uh, our senior captains have been phenomenal. Um, they really have been. And, and, um, uh, William Blett and, and, and Teron Bacon and, and, and Drake Cooley, uh, all three guys that coach McNelly, um, uh, brought into the program. Um, uh, they're kind of the last, the last of those, that, that group of guys and, 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 all three of those guys, and it probably fits Dreg a little bit more than it fits Blett and, and, and Bacon. Um, but, you know, both all those guys have kind of taken a step back and said, Coach, we love what you're doing. We see the rest of the team. You know, we think we can adjust our games to be able to fit what you're trying to do. And, and so, you know, it's kind of taken Blett a little bit away from the pain a little bit, even though, um, you know, I mean, he had 32 and seven against Lehigh and, and completely, <laughs> completely, you know, he did bad. his thing there. Um, not bad. And, and so, um, and, and, and Teron has been, has been great. I still think he's one of the best shooters in our league. He's not shooting quite like he should. And, and, uh, but, but having all three of those guys buy in, uh, to what we wanted to do as a staff, 
um, has has been the foundation, I believe, of, of our success. And Maybe you've so answered that's, this. that's been great. Maybe you've answered this, but I'm kind of curious. You guys went 0-9 last year. And granted, I don't put any stock or a ton of stock into the COVID year because there's 100 things that could have gone sideways and did. But the conference seemed to put some stock in it because when the conference <laughs> vote came out, a couple of them yeah, voted you eighth. <laughs> Everybody else voted you ninth. Yeah. Yep. And here you are sitting on top of the conference right now as as we're halfway through the regular season, obviously not conference play, but you played five of the conference games. You're ahead of Hood, who's eight and five overall, five and one in conference play, and Alvernia, who's eight and four, three and one, and Stevenson, who's eight and five, three and three. Is it just that last year had such a, a an ick, as it were, that the guys have just come out gunning? Or is it something that, I mean, granted, there's transfers and all that, but is there something that, not everybody realized, or the third option, and you maybe alluded to it, is things are just going and bouncing your way, and the guys have, have taken the onus upon making sure things continue to do so. Yeah, I, I think I, I think it's a little bit of that. I, I, I and I and you know that may or may not have been bulletin board material in the locker room. Oh, that was so it was. <laughs> it was. But you know, our guys. Yeah, that's what I love. We got, listen, we got phenomenal guys, but at the same time, they, they do have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and that's kind of what makes them who they are. Um, and, and, and we don't hold back on that at all. We, we, we let it go and we let our guys kind of, kind of be them to a certain extent, um, as, as far as, as far as kind of having that mindset. So, you know, we, we told them at the beginning of the year and, and this was even through COVID, you know, like there's, 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 there's three things that we push and, and, and one of them is control what you can control be better every day and then seek to serve. And, and, and all three of these guys are all three, excuse me, the entire, uh, the entire program has bought into all three of those areas. I feel like, and, and, and that there is, it's one thing or another. I do know this. I, I was, I was, I was talking to an assistant coach or, or that early said, Hey, listen, I was like, we're still the same staff that we were last year. We haven't changed anything, you know, and, 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 and so what is the, you know, exact thing? Losing coach there. I'm not sure if it's on our end or his end. Apologize. Coach, you there? We'll uh, jump into ours here in case he comes back on us here. Not sure if it's our internet or his internet um, as he froze up, but we'll get him back here in a moment should we get him. Um, interesting conversation with with Dan uh, Prusner, uh, the head coach of Eastern. Again, Eric McNally taking them to such success and then seeing him come in and, and take over, it, it's fun to see. I'm not seeing coach in there. I, I'm not sure if we've lost him completely, if it was on our end or what, but um, – We'll probably have to wrap it up. Well, yeah, we lost him. We'll, we'll give him a moment to get back. We're a little bit behind schedule. We'll give him a moment to get it back. If we don't, if we don't get him back, uh, we'll we'll at least thank him and, and get him on to maybe sign off another time. We were wrapping up the interview anyway, so maybe maybe Zoom just understood. No, you were done. I'm sorry, you're finished. You shouldn't be speaking no more. Um, if you got questions for us, you can always tweet us at D3 Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville, uh, and lots of other ways you can get a hold of us. We're just going to hang here a moment and double-check that we're not uh, missing Coach for some reason on anything. 
Uh, we may have just lost it. It simply may have lost uh, the internet, and so be it. That happens on from time to time. I think we lost him. Nonetheless, uh, we will uh, we'll touch base with him, and we'll thank him for his time. Uh, Eastern, again, playing really well. Uh, just to remind you, uh, they have uh, their first game against York in conference play coming up here on Saturday. Uh, actually, yeah, on Saturday. Uh, then they're at Lebanon Valley next week, along with at Widener. Or, I'm sorry, at Messiah. Then they're home against Widener before to wrap up January. So that'll do it. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, switch gears, talk women's basketball. Women's basketball coach um, from Utica will join us to talk about what's going on with the Moose up in New York State. Is the Moose loose? We'll talk to her about that. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios. More from, well, from her and from everybody else when we come back. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I play because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. Welcome back to Hoops, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. We're kind of doing the newfangled thing, not for the first half of the show, but the second half of the show has been working. So far, so good. Despite all the graphics, I mean, all the technical issues, we're still in the air. Still ahead, we debut our top 25 uh, double take on the women's side. Gordon Mann will join us along with uh, Riley Zayas. And Riley, I hope I'm saying your last name right. We'll find out shortly. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsle or hashtag Hoopsle. You can uh, email us, hoopsle at d3sports.com, facebook.com slash hoopsle, youtube.com slash hoopsle, simulcasting the show there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All right, so women's basketball up in the old region, uh, East region, which is now region three. If you haven't looked at the Empire 8, um, well, I'm going to say it because I've said it all day. A moose is loose in upstate New York. Women's basketball team at Utica is undefeated, folks. And, well, when you can get a team like that uh, on your air, well, I'm I'm shameless. Family's from up there. I'm going to go to the 315, uh, 315 and call them in. So joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline, presented by Blue Frame Technology, it is Michelle Davis of the undefeated Utica Pioneers, which we we can talk about how they're related to a moose later. But, Coach, yeah. <laughs> more, more importantly, you're related to an undefeated season right now. How, how are things in your opinion? Things are great. Number one, thanks, Dave, for having us and, and everything that you do for D3 Sports in general and uh, – I think that's great. It's wonderful what you do. Thank you. Um, things are great, obviously. You know, we're the team's playing well. Um, it's it's fun, you know, and uh, to be twelve and zero, you know, wow, you know, it's uh, yeah. I'm really I'm really proud of them. Plain and simple, I'm just really, really, really proud of the team. Well, there's pride, and then there's was it expected? And I and I'm curious, was this season expected? Were you? Th- did you think you had it in you guys to be at this juncture of the season? And we'll talk about the historic side of it in a moment. Playing this well, or or to some degree, is some of this a surprise? 
You, you know, um, I did not think we would be 12 and 0 by any means. Um, I know that we have a little bit weaker of a schedule with uh, some of our non-conference games. Um, but, you know, also with that, I think it gave some confidence for some of our younger players because we didn't have a season last year. You know, so we had a lot of uh, those froshmores, you know, sophomores and, and freshmen. Um, they, they outweighed the returners. So I think, you know, kind of having that little bit of a schedule helped us out just to go to that. But um, I certainly thought we would be good because we have great leadership. Um, we have some really great seniors on the team and uh, they just work their butts off. And um, I knew we had talent. I thought we would have had that last year. Our season did not happen last year, unfortunately. Um, so I was excited coming into this year. But 12-0, and 0, no, no. no. Yeah, I gave you 13. I gave you a bonus point just just because I can. I, I'm, 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 I'm allowed Maybe you're by, foreshadowing what's going to happen uh, this weekend. Well, so. right. That and conferences in the NCAA allow me to just sprinkle wins wherever I want them. It's the new COVID sure. rule. Um, I love it. Don't you wish. Give me two this weekend. Give me two make, this weekend. I could actually make some money on this system. Uh, getting some getting some coaches contacting me for some extra wins. Where where's the key been then? Like where where is the 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 the, the crux of how you're undefeated and and playing this well? Is it happenstance catching teams at the right spot? Is a team's got something secret we don't know about? Like, like where, where should we be looking to understand how you're undefeated? Yeah. You know, again, I think some of it was the scheduling, you know, we're, we're, we didn't play a lot of really, really strong teams early on. Um, but it wasn't bad because we got people in and again, not having a season since February, you know, of, of 2020, the last time we played, I think it was okay, right? It was okay for us to get into it. But I will say we have some really great defensive-minded um, coaches. And, you know, my assistant's great at, at our zone that we put in. We press a ton, um, but we don't foul. Uh, we play a lot of 2-3 zone, but yet we get steals off of it. You know, the other night we had 17 steals in a zone and didn't press. You know, so those type of things, I think, are really, really impressive. Um, That's huge. And if we don't put people at the free throw line, you know, the Hamilton game, we were 80% from the free throw, um, shooting 17 for 20. Uh, and again, and they were 0 for 2. You know, that, the Hartwick game that was just on Tuesday, they were 1 for 6 at 16% from the free throw line. And we shot 85%, um, you know, 20 for 25. So we're getting to the line because we're attacking, you know, we're setting ball screens. But yet we press and we play zone and – you know, we, we just don't foul, you know, we're aggressive and, and do things. So I, I would say that would be the reason um, that we're successful. Because if you look at the numbers, you know, we're holding people, even good teams, right, in the 50s. Um, you know, there's a couple schools, you know, Morrisville, uh, you know, we ha we went and played man, man to man against them. And that was a high scoring game. That was like, you know, nine, you know, I don't know, 70 to 85 or something like that. And, and the Oneana game went into overtime. Um, so that was high scoring, but otherwise we're keeping people in the fifties, uh, for the most part. Well, it, yeah, I mean, we can talk about the stats and I, I want to get to that in a second, but historically, obviously this is huge because this team, this program's never really been to this point. If, if memory serves best start to a season ever and match the longest winning streak now in program history, you're doing something right there, uh, at <laughs> UC where, does is the pressure off or or is now the pressure maybe even further on? Does does that make sense? Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, Tuesday night at halftime, I will tell you, um, we were spinning around in circles. We just did not look great. We were down 10 at the half. I think it was 27-37. And I said, I said, just said to him, like, we number one, we have to slow down. And number two, what's it matter if we lose? We 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 
we are going to lose at some point probably this season, right? So just relax. Like, just play the game. The objective right now is to be one of the top, you know, five teams in the conference. But I'd rather be one of the top three teams in the conference, you know, so that you can either have home court or you don't have to play that four or five game. You know, so that's where the pressure is. There's no pressure right now. Go out, play, and work hard. And, and this whole week. With, with Hartwick on Tuesday, they're going to be a playoff team. And then a Fisher, uh, St. John Fisher tomorrow night and Nazareth on Saturday. This whole week is playoff teams that we're playing, you know. So just go out and compete and, you know, just, you know, try to get one here and there when you can. It's yeah. okay. It's okay. Just play. I, I feel like I did to you what I what I did to, to Albion's head coach. She comes on the show. They're undefeated in conference play. By the way, they got number one hope on Saturday. They've got number six trying on Wednesday. Two uh, more games, and then it's number one hope again, and number six trying. They play those two four times in six games. I feel like I, I did it to you guys too, because as you said, you had Hartwick big win by the way, sixty two fifty six. Then St. John Fisher, and then Nazareth, and of course they're going to be lurking on the back end of that season. Uh, yeah. So I apologize in advance. But no, it's all good. Back to the Hartwick game. What worked? Because that's a huge win for you guys where it could easily have been a stumble, as you said, to a team that's probably going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, we they just come at you, right? They um, they they don't stop uh, rebounding. Um, they're sending people down the lane. And I honestly, I told them just to slow it down at halftime, us defensively. I said just um, – I, I actually used like a matrix reference. I said – once you stop spinning around and you see what they're doing, we're not going to be running around so much in our two, three zone. Um, and they did, and they slowed it down and Hartwick came out and they hit a long range two to start the, start the half. Um, and then uh, we held them, I think scoreless for about seven minutes or seven and a half minutes. And uh, you know, we outscored them that quarter uh, 20 to four, but we also got more aggressive attacking the basket. We were, because we get a lot of steals, um, which we talked about, but even within the steals, we were pulling the ball out attack force the officials to make decisions force the force the officials to make calls and we weren't we weren't forcing them to do that in the first half so i would say the two things that happened was defensively we did a much better job we settled down um we started you know seeing what they were going to do and, and you got to remember the game before we were playing kyuka who averages 43 threes a game to attempt you know that which we average 17 threes a game um you know so it's a completely different mindset that you have when you're playing that kind of team and then we go to the Hartwick two days later you know we play Hartwick two days later um but I would say it was us attacking the basket um we took advantage when they had some of their players out and we took advantage in the post and um and defensively we just we've really really improved you know it's a given up 37 points to what was it um I don't know, 20 points, 19 points, whatever it um, was. You had said something there I want to ask you about. Mm-hmm. Because I, this has kind of come up, not directly in conversations, but I, I've heard people maybe talking about it and, and grasping it. You said forcing officials to make decisions. Is there a mentality to some degree that your aggressiveness at some point the referees just can't call everything and you're going to be able to get what you want to or get results as you need them. And so be aggressive to a degree. I guess I'll leave it at that. Is, is there a thought process that there's, there's no way they're going to call everything and we're going to take advantage of that? Yeah, you would think. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, you said that I think fairly well. Um, you, you know, and this is the thing though, we like for us, we really don't follow a lot. We, we, 
We don't foul a ton, no, you know? I, so when the other coach is yelling, look right. at the fouls in the game, you, you can't look at the fouls. You can't compare the fouls, no, you, you know, because they're usually playing man to man against us. And then we're playing a two, three zone majority yeah. of the time, you know? So it's different. It's a different level of aggressiveness. Our aggressiveness is in the full court, but even with that aggressiveness, a lot of times we're looking to just burn the clock, you know? Um, but for us, we set a lot of ball screens, you know, a lot of post guard ball screens, and we're looking to get the ball in the paint. And anytime you get the ball in the paint, I think there's always an opportunity for a potential foul to be called, you know, depending on what's going on, you know, rotations are late or, um, you know, or you just can't keep up with the person that you're defending, you know, so. Uh, talk to me a little bit about your team. Um, I'm just going to call her Sydney because I, I know I'm not going to say the name right. I know your SID gave me some notes, but I'm just going to just not try yeah. to botch it. 17 points a game, 11 rebounds a game. Oh, it's nice to have a double-double. On average. Yeah, she's, then, yeah, Sydney, Sydney Prisgoda. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. you, you stumbling through that for me. Um, no problem. Talk about her, and then we'll talk about the rest of the squad. Yeah, you know, Sid has been um, a very steady staple since her freshman year, uh, her first year. She's been starting for us um, since then. Um, you know, our last full season, you know, we made it to the, the con- you know, conference playoffs and, you know, she averaged, I think, 18 points and, uh, and uh, 11 rebounds that season um, as a sophomore. You know, she just scored her thousandth point, which unfortunately she's only played three years for us, well, two and a half years and, and did that. You know, um, it, it's just unfortunate that COVID happened because I, I think she could have left here probably as the all time leading rebounder, broke a record from 1984 and, and so forth. But she is so unassuming. <laughs> If you watch any of us, you just, every single shot is in the paint. She does not shoot anything outside of the paint, not a single shot. Um, and anybody that looks at a shot chart or watches any film. Um, so it's not like I'm sharing some secret with our opponents. She doesn't leave the paint, but yet she's tenacious. She goes after rebounds um, and she just works hard and she's not real big. You know, she's five, nine, five, ten. So it's not like she's some six, three post player. That's just dominating people. She has a phenomenal work ethic. And a lot of our players also have that. A lot of our upperclassmen have that work ethic and they just all feed off of each other. You know, we don't have captains on the team. We have players of the day and that's the captain. So that person gets out the equipment that person gets the water. Um, They all have a say. And that person speaks to the team after practice or before a game. They're the captain that game. Interesting. So, you know, we'd like it to be kind of a democracy and and all of them to have a voice and all of them to have a say. but Sydney's phenomenal. I love her and I'm going to miss her. I mean, not only am I going to miss her because of what she does on the court, but, uh, you know, she's a, she's just a great student, um, a great person. And I just, I've really enjoyed having her on the team. Uh, and there's other players we could certainly talk about. Jundro, uh, DeMarco, Sawyer. You have what some would argue is maybe a conference rookie of the year candidate in uh, Geraci. Yeah. On top of Brisgoda, who's probably a conference player of the year in general, um, of course, Boiler, Boiler and, and Carter, you have depth on this team. Last year, unfortunate, couldn't play. Some degree got everybody rested too, but also didn't got out, got out of your control. You couldn't coach them up like you normally would. Right. You're now at this midway point of, of terms of total games. You're, you're in the crux of, of a difficult part of the conference play. What's the message to the team and what are your expectations for the last half? Yeah, we just need to keep improving um, and just keep continuing on. I mean, that's that's what we've been doing. And that's what I told him the other day. I said, you know, we every game 
I feel like we've improved. And and now we're playing the tougher teams. You know, like I said, we started with kind of a weak conference, a weak non-conference schedule there, but we had some really tough games. The Hamilton game, I wasn't there. I actually got COVID, I think, at Christmas, and my assistant um, had to do that game. And and they the team was down nine and they came back, you know, and they pulled it out. And uh, and we only played zone the entire game. I think we pressed three times. I just did what my assistant was most comfortable doing. I didn't want to stress her out anymore. And she already was. I see how it is. And it was like breaking a record for like the most wins to start a season. So it was extra things on top of it. And she just didn't want it to be her, you know. And then I thought we came out really well in our first two conference games, you know, with Elmira and Kiyuka, did a really nice job. And then obviously just continuing, you know, we were down 15 against Hartwick. And to just settle down and really attack them, um, just really, really, really proud of the team. So, yeah, the hope is let's continue going forward. Yeah, there might be a loss here or two, and that's okay. You know, you're, you're playing for that third season. You know, your non-conference is your first season. Your conference is your second. And then your third is is making playoffs and and hopefully making a run and, and, and winning the championship and getting to move on to NCAAs. You know, that's the that's the fun the fun part about it. And um, and we're in the mix, and I love it. And it, they're just a great group to be around. Yeah, I mean, we didn't even talk about the fact that you came roaring back against uh, in a huge deficit to Hartwick. I mean, that 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 I feel like we kind of buried the lead on that one, but um, obviously, <laughs> right. pretty pretty impressive. Hey, coach, I appreciate the time. I'd talk to you more, but we got to no, I get it. We got to cut you loose so you can go <laughs> find that moose and maybe heading up Route Twelve for all we know. You got uh, it. As always, Probably. we appreciate the time. Uh, and, and and appreciate the perspective and insight. As always, though, we also give you the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who might be tuned in? So, uh, the pioneers. We used to be, uh, you know, the guy with the the rifle, like the, the Davy Crockett. Um, they wanted something that was a little bit different and maybe a little more neutral. Um, little. And actually, our, our former president went to some shop and he actually saw a moose um literally the whole outfit, the mascot outfit. And he just bought it and he goes, this is what we are. So All right. That's how it All right. There the we moves. go. So the so pioneers, but thanks for having me really. And thanks for everything that you do. for Oh, thank you. I appreciate the kind words. Good luck the rest of the way. Thanks for the insight. Uh, we got this great uh, Griffin's Gorlocks and Gusty's book. They did mention that the uh, mascot is a friendly seven foot creature named tracks, the pioneer moose. That's I mean, true. we're really pulling it out here, folks. Uh, Michelle, thanks so much for the time. Take care. Hey, thank you. Good luck in the Empire 8. We'll look forward to talking to you and, and enjoy the season. I am. Thank you so Absolutely. much. Have a good Michelle one. Michelle Davis joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. We'll take up another break. When we come back, we debut the Top 25 Double Take. Gordon, Riley, give us their de- de- uh, their debatable, their deep dive, and their um, – What's I always forget the other one. Um, anyway, they give us their thoughts on the Top 25. You're listening to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the – uh, WBCA NABC Studios. More hoops when we get back. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. 
from eastern to occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show as we roll along on this Thursday evening. Uh, if you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. Join us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. We'll fix my audio here. It's all over the place, but we'll get it fixed. Um, by the way, um, we also have uh, one more segment after this. We'll basically do at the end of the show what we were trying to do at the beginning of the show and just give you some notes from the previous week. Um, so on the men's side, we've always had a top 25 double take, or not always, we, in the last few years we have, uh, talking about what we thought were teams that were too high in the poll, too low in the poll, not getting enough respect, uh, maybe teams that needed to be a good debate because one person had them high and one's had them low or whatever the case may be. We struggled to try and do it on the women's side. We've had Gordon Mann on the show a few times to kind of give us his thoughts on the women's side, but we haven't grilled him with his uh, deep dives and others. Uh, enough was enough. We had to get this segment built. We finally did. Thanks in part to Gordon who did some heavy lifting on it. Uh, at least gave me some good ideas. And we finally reached out and got some, uh, people. What we're going to do is men, the men's side will have a few new faces in the few next few weeks. The women's side will be a little bit more flowing, a few extra people coming and going, giving their take. So to start this one off, of course, we went out and got Gordon Mann. Right? Were we crazy? Of course we did. The other one we went out with a little off the beaten path. We went down to Texas uh, kind of runs true to the crew, not spelled the way you would think it is due to the crew, but we'll get to that another time. Riley Zayas joins us on the Hoopsville Hotline, presented by Blue Fame Technology. Both of them join us. Guys, thanks so much for taking the time. Gordon, good to have you back as always. Riley, welcome to the show, sir. Yeah, thank you, Dave. Excited to have the opportunity to come on here and, and talk some women's top 25. Yeah, it's nice to have a Southern voice too, uh, just for the record. I mean, that literally, a Southern voice um first and foremost gordon i don't think this top 25 could have been any easier going into this week thanks to cancellations and postponements there wasn't a lot of movement just give us a quick synopsis of the poll in general yeah you're right this was one of these polls where you know we distribute the information on sunday and usually it takes folks until you know the latter part of monday to get their ballots in there were a lot of ballots in quickly on sunday night i i think um, of the results, I'm trying to remember, you had Whitewater beating Eau Claire, but in a close game and both teams were in the poll. I think you might have had there. I don't know that there was anybody else in the top 25 who lost the game. Now, there were teams involved. There were games involving teams outside the top 25 who lost. So Wheaton lost um, and has been in a bit of a tailspin and they were just on the fringe of the poll. So all those votes went to other people. Um, but you do see uh, you do see people will move teams around. They'll reassess where they have teams, even if a team hasn't played, hasn't lost, whatever. And you see teams pick up votes who didn't do anything necessarily within the last week to earn that. I don't know that Drew even played a game, but they have a vote. Utica uh, didn't play anyone of significance. They played Cayuca, but they have a vote. So you you do see people will will shift things around, even if teams are not playing. Voters are not locked into just considering the last six days before they cast their ballot, they're always free to go back and, and reevaluate everything to see if that big win that they thought was great in January or in November, it looks, looks less great now. It <laughs> looks exactly how many times we go back to a top 25 and go, Oh, that doesn't look as good as it used to yeah. uh, happens more times than we, we, we care to admit, or, and sometimes oh, oh, it looks better 
um, sometimes too. Right. Uh, let's just get it out of the way. I don't vote in the top 25 unless Gordon needs me to, and then I, I can scramble for a ballot form. Um, but I certainly keep my eye on it. So unlike the men, I'm not going to necessarily have answers to these, though I will I will push the guys a little bit on, on what their picks are and, and maybe have my own two cents. But I, I'm not going to have my own choices on these. We're going to keep the same names because it's just a lot easier. We'll have a debatable team, which is basically a team that each of them thought would be worth a conversation about, not necessarily plus or minus. Uh, a deep dive team, a team that's either barely getting votes or not getting votes at all that maybe deserves some top 25 attention. Why? Uh, each one will have one of those. And then one that is dubious, that is way too high in the opinion of that one individual on the top 25. Uh, Gordon, we'll, we'll let Riley kind of get into this. You, you know this a little bit, so we'll let you start. Sure. I'll give you the choice of deep dive or dubious, and then we'll go from there. Uh Let's do the dubious first. Let's get the, the bad news out of the way, and then we can talk <laughs> okay. about those, so dubious, those shining who is lights your uh, outside for dubious, the pole. Sir? Yeah. So for dubious, I I, I would say uh, I look at Wartburg as dubious. Wartburg, 13th in the country, okay. um, but, does, but does not have a resume this year that supports that. Fair. Their best win is either Dubuque or, or Wisconsin-Platteville. Uh, they got – utterly annihilated by Simpson at Simpson. I yeah. think the final result of the game was 19 points, but it was, it was 30 before Simpson pulled all their players. Yeah. Wartburg lost to a good Redlands team who I was, I was somebody from Redlands pointed out to me, isn't receiving any votes in the top 25. Um, and I just, I don't, I, when I've watched Wartburg play a little bit, Jaden Murphy is great. I mean, she's an all American, you know, in waiting, but I just don't see a lot else there in Wartburg this year. It's a great program. I don't think they're down for long, but one of those things where if you're watching scores, they were up two, they were up two points or four points on Nebraska Wesleyan entering the fourth quarter. Nebraska Wesleyan's two and nine or two and seven. Um, so it, it ended up being a 14 point game. I think most voters will look at that and go, they won, they won relatively comfortably. Um, but it, when Wartburg's good, that game is 35 points entering the fourth quarter. All right, so fair point. Wartburg, yeah, probably a little dubious. I'll admit, when I looked at the ARC for a guest, uh, I went and compared Simpson and Wartburg, and I kind of came away with the same thought you did, Gordon. It's not the Wartburg I'm used to seeing, especially schedule-wise. Uh, we're used to a, a couple big behemoths in there and then playing well against them. Yeah, and they 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 like everyone else have have lost games from COVID. They have a yeah. really good holiday tournament. Uh, it would have had I think Eau Claire, Stevens Point. Uh, I don't remember who the fourth team was, but it was it was a good holiday tournament, and uh, you know just couldn't play it. Uh, Riley, who would be your uh, dubious pick? Yeah, my dubious would have to go with uh, Eau Claire. Uh, they're at number eleven. Watching them and the way they've played, I think they definitely deserve to be ranked, but I think 11 is a little bit too high for them. Just from what I've seen recently, uh, you know, especially you even look extremely recently last night against Stout. I mean, they did not shoot the ball well. The the, the, the looks offensively were, were not necessarily where I had seen them earlier on the year, and I think uh, they, they definitely need to clean things up a little bit on, on that side. Uh, the turnovers were a little bit high too. And Stout, the thing is, someone pointed out, you know, Stout was the worst defensive team in the, the WIAC. And credit to them for the performance they put on against Eau Claire. But uh, I definitely think, you know, 11 might be a little too high for them. I mean, they also have a couple of early losses. Cal the Calvin loss to me uh, is not very impressive. There's so sometimes things as a good loss to, to a team, you know, that's 
very quality, nothing against Calvin, but, you know, Claire from, from what I saw from them early in the season till now, uh, doesn't look like the same team. Where would you put yeah, them? The, if you, the hard thing about evaluating, oh, the hard thing about evaluating Eau Claire, and I agree that, that they're particularly coming off the loss to Stout. Um, and I, I also agree that their offense, having watched them, they become very, they've really fallen in love with threes. They have really tall kids who shoot the three well, but they shoot it a lot. Yeah. Um, the thing that it's hard if you play the comparative score game is they beat both Trine and Simpson. Yep. So yep. Um, if you have those teams high, I think the value of those head-to-head matchups, the further away you get from them becomes less and less. Um, but that's really, that's really helped them as far as their ranking. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, that's completely. And, and that's the thing is, is those wins earlier on in the year that the team that we saw on the floor, I, I think there's, it's still the same team. They, I mean, you watch the way they play, but uh, the, the offensive shooting, you know, they, they had opportunities even last night against Stout to, to win that game and yeah. just weren't able to convert late. Uh, and, right. and I think those are the things that separate them earlier on the season in those wins over, you know, trying and, and Simpson. Good point. Yeah, good point. Interesting. Yeah, no, I, I know I've been keeping an eye on Claire. I thought they were having a decent year. But, yeah, even last night's score kind of startled me just a little bit. Um, all right, so it's now time for the deep dive team. And, Riley, uh, you get to go first this time. So maybe take Gordon's pick. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, that happens on the men's side more times than I can count. That's why we make sure we, uh, we, we spread the wealth. Riley, who, who would be your deep dive team? Yeah, I think uh, it took me a little while looking at this, and I looked at a couple of different teams uh, over the last week or so. But, you know, Milliken really sticks out to me. I like what I've seen from them a lot. Uh, and, and you know, when you look at a team that's playing in CCIW play the way they have, I mean, uh, 6-0, no, the, the performances they've put up, I really have been impressed by just how they've approached their games in terms of, They've really come come around a lot. I mean, they had the losses to Chicago and Wisconsin Lutheran that had me kind of look at them unsure. And, you know, I think that's probably why they are so low. I mean, they, they had three points uh, in, in the this week's top 25 poll. But I think they're much, much better than that. I mean, you look at the way they played certain teams, um, you know, the, 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 the competitiveness in November, I think till now, I, that's why I've been most impressed with you look at sometimes the way a team plays in November, they're able to learn from some things and come back in December and January with a little bit of a different setup. And I think that's what's happened with Milliken. I think they're definitely a team that we could be looking at come March. We should point out they had three games in five days. Exactly. Oh, those three losses uh, to DePaul, Chicago, Wisconsin, Lutheran. Two of them in the top 25, but still, that's a rough stretch for Olivia Lett's squad. But I like your pick. That's a good one. Gordon, any thoughts on Milliken before you give us your deep dive? That was my pick too, but ah, I've got a bad guy. We did it so on the first all right. night. I am, I am all three of their vote points. <laughs> I have the twenty second. That means you got them twenty second. Yeah. Um, oh, twenty third. Twenty third. Twenty third. It would be right. Yeah. So I, but I, I, I think everything Riley said there is right. I think it's a good team that 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 had a. Sometimes if you have a cluster of losses in the poll, it can kill you because teams, yeah. you will, you know, voters will look at that and go. In fact, you know, a team near and dear to, to Riley's heart, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a bit. Even if you lose back to back games early in the year, voters can say, oh, you know, and kind of put those put those aside. Um, the deep dive team I would go with would be Roger Williams. So Ooh. undefeated uh, CCC, not a powerhouse conference but not a terrible conference uh, and if you look at their 
prior to Smith beating Babson, if you looked at their um, their schedule, actually it's pretty comparable to Springfield. Now Springfield's 18th or whatever they are in the country, they're undefeated too. Springfield's going to play a better conference schedule eventually. They're going to play Babson. They're going to play Smith. They're going to play MIT. Those are better than probably anybody Roger Williams will see in their conference. But if you just look at the non-conference schedule for Roger Williams, it is not it is not noticeably different from Springfield, from Smith, uh, from Bowden, from all those teams. Now, I don't know that Roger Williams would beat any of those teams, and they're not going to play them, so we're not going to know. Uh, but I don't think it's unreasonable for a, a top 25 voter to have Roger Williams on their ballot. I don't. Uh, but I don't think it's unreasonable to have them on their ballot, you know, somewhat similar to, you know, the, the folks who are voting for St. Lawrence or even, frankly, St. John Fisher who I don't, I look at St. John Fisher and I don't see a big win on their, in there either. Again, Empire 8 historically better than the CCC. But remember the last time the CCC was in the tournament, they beat Scranton. It was not Roger Williams, but the team from that conference beat Scranton at Scranton. So that conference is, it, it puts forward a, a good representative. Um, and I, I always love it when someone who's never been ranked cracks into the top 25. And Roger Williams has never been ranked there. They're slowly working their way towards the through the through the also receiving votes, but that that would be my deep dive focus. Um, good choice. Uh, by the way, s- sidebar: you mentioned Springfield. Of course, Roger Williams' ke- head coach Kelly Thompson, graduate of Springfield. Yeah. Yep. Um, by the way, also beat Babson did Roger Williams. So you got a little did, bit yep. of a crossover there with your comparison. Yeah, I was thinking if Springfield lost to Babson, that probably would have helped Roger Williams move them up because because he had voters. Voters could have played the comparative score game. Um, but Springfield didn't destroy Babson. It was a four-point win. And so it was a six-point win for Roger Williams. So yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think you can still tie those two teams together. I, again, until Springfield plays and beats three other teams that right. they haven't played right. and beat. If they do, they may not. Um, but that that's what I would do. No, I like it. Great choices. Um, all right. So we'll go debatable here. We'll start with Gordon in case we run out of time with his his uh, fatherly duties. Um, I loved your choice when you told me it, sir, because not because I think they don't deserve the attention, but I was kind of curious where your mind was going because I've been talking about this team off air with a lot of people for, for quite a bit now. Go ahead. Give us your uh, debatable yeah. team. And Riley, this is where we want your opinion too. So I, you know, I think there's a debate as to whether Christopher Newport is the number two team in the country. I don't think there's anybody who would debate hope at one or certainly not anybody in our poll no. uh, who would debate that. <laughs> but I think number two is, is really open-ended. Um, I had, we talked about them a few moments ago. I had, before they lost to Whitewater and Stout, I had Eau Claire too, even after the loss to Calvin, because I, because they had beaten Trine and Simpson. And then when Eau Claire, even before this last loss, I had dropped them. I have trying to. I've seen Trine play with hope. I know that Trine lost to uh, Simp- uh, to um, to Eau Claire, uh, oh, right, right. but I've I've seen Trine. Trine is the only team I've seen that I I see with my own eyes, and I know they can play with hope. Probably true of other teams. Unfortunately, we won't know in, until March. But for Christopher Newport, you look at them. What they have in their favor is ridiculous margins of victory over everybody with the exception of Gettysburg, who's not ranked anymore. Now that three point win over Gettysburg looked pretty good when the bullets were 18th in the country. Now that they're not ranked and and they got kind of shellacked by Mary Washington, that three point win looks less good. Um, The, the upside for Christopher Newport is, and, and two things I would say in their favor, one is the, is the margin of victory. And two is they are very deep. 
So they yeah. run a lot of players. They have to because of their style. They run that K, a full court press that they call the, the captain's chaos defense. Uh, but they're very deep. And and the only other team that I know that has that depth, one through ten in the country, is Hope. Hope switches five in and five out and doesn't lose very much, right? Their five starters are great. Their five reserves, if they broke off and formed their own school, would be top ten in the country, too. I don't know that Christopher Newport's reserves are that good, but they at least have the depth to do that. We're frankly trying Amherst who plays eight players, Whitewater who predominantly, you know, who goes seven or eight really deep. Christopher Newport has that depth. So in a year where you could lose two, three, four, five players for a game for two weeks because of COVID, it's reasonable to think, okay, which of these teams has the best chance, not just because they're playing Pratt, but because which one has the best team, the best chance in terms of depth uh, to stay there. So I have Christopher Newport fourth. Um, it's debatable whether they're really the second best team in the country. We'll get another important window to that when they play Mary Washington, who just moved into the top 25. Big game and on Saturday. Talk about the knock on Christopher Newport in, in priors has been, if you get a team who can slow it down and can take care of the ball, you suck the life out of them. Because Christopher Newport thrives on, turning you over in the backcourt and scoring layups or threes off of it. They, they need tempo and they need turnovers. So if you get Amherst who slows it down to a snail's pace, toss someone like that. Uh, and, and Mary Washington prefers to play that style, whether they're able to or not, that that's where Christopher Newport a little bit can be. Um, I'm not sure they, it's harder for them to win a game 43, 41. Fair. Uh, Go ahead, Rob. Yeah. There's no reason, in my opinion, they shouldn't be in that top five. Uh, now, at number two, though, to me, the, who they played and in, in, in their quality of schedule is something that, that makes me a little unsure about them all the way up at two, uh, which is probably part of the reason why you had them at four. I, I think that when you have a team that, that plays the way they play with the defense, forces about 31 turnovers a game, I believe, they, they're so reliant on the turnovers. They're so good defensively. They can win those defensive battles. I think they're a team that, that really you put them up against anyone else in the country that has a quality offense. They're going to force turnovers and they're going to take advantage of those. So I would say, I would say putting them at, at, at four or five is where I would have them at. I mean, I agree with you on that. I don't think they're at two uh, just because of their strength of schedule, but, the game against Mary Washington should should answer a, a lot of questions as to how you know they fare against a top twenty five team. The only thing I find interesting about Christopher Newport is they've got wins over teams that have better records than you realize. Um, yeah. Roanoke's nine and two. Um, they had a rash of teams, unfortunately, that Gettysburg that is don't a good have record, record yeah. great records. Yeah. But uh, what was the other one? Um, Gettysburg, obviously, 92. Bridge, no, not Bridge. Southern Virginia, 93. Handful of them, not a lot. And that's that's yeah. where you're getting at. I, I certainly right. can appreciate that. And and teams, by the way, that normally are good. Um, yeah. They've got a game, you know, Marymount, normally a, a really good team. Not, you know, coaching change and, and shifts and all that stuff, just not there like we're used to. So, you know, sometimes it's not the schedule you draw up. It's the schedule you end up playing. So. Right. Um, yep. Gordon, I know you're going to lose you quickly, but I want to get Riley at least his thoughts quickly on, on Mary Harden Baylor in case you want to rebut anything. So I gave yours away, Riley. You're on the show. You're a fan of Mary Harden Baylor. Not surprisingly, <laughs> you're going debatable on Mary Harden Baylor, but I think you've got some good reason and tonight kind of helped your cause slightly. 
It did. It did in a big way. I mean, a, a win at number 14, ETBU definitely helps their case. Uh, I, I think the, the thing that I was interested in when you look at the top 25 is you have an ASC, the American Southwest Conference, with three ranked teams in UT Dallas at 24, Harmson's at 19, and then, of course, ETBU at 14. And yet the team leading that conference standings with a perfect record in conference play is unranked, and that's Mary Harden Baylor. Gordon, interested to get your thoughts on, on kind of what led to Maryhart Baylor being unranked at this point. I mean, they were 8-0 entering the game tonight. They had a win on the road at Harden Simmons. They had a win at home over Rhodes, who, of course, you know, that was back early in November. The yeah. losses to Trinity and, and Colorado College had to have hurt them a little bit. Is, is that kind of why, in your opinion, I mean, the, the, the rankings are, are the way they are? Because I think a lot of people are kind of scratching their heads saying there's three ASC teams ranked and then there's the team at the top of the things. And it doesn't happen too often that 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 team is the one that's unranked. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's two things for Mary Harden Baylor. I think um, I think our, I think the voters have uh, have had a little bit of a bias early in the year towards the teams who played last year who played well. So if you look at them on paper, East Texas Baptist and Mary Harden Baylor, I would not have been able to draw a meaningful distinction between them this year. And in tonight's game, which went over time and down to the last shot, showed you how even those two teams were. But East Texas Baptist started in the top 10 and Mary Harden Baylor wasn't ranked at all. Why? And I know Mary Harden Baylor beat East Texas Baptist last year in the ASC, but Mary Harden Baylor's record overall last year was 13 and 8 and 7 and 7. So I think that was one thing. The second thing is... In the early part of the year, we had a bunch of games. We had kind of a normal schedule. And when you lose two of your first three to Trinity, and I actually think Colorado College is, is pretty good. I know they don't have a great record, but I actually think they're pretty good. Uh, the voters on the women's side, when you lose two of three, it's very easy to drop off the radar for the women's voters. And it's much harder to get back because the majority of the women's teams, I mean, we have we have eight undefeated women's teams still um, who will have zero crossover with each other. So, I mean, you could have eight undefeated teams at the end. It's much harder once you fall off the women's radar to climb back up. But if anyone has the case to do so, it's the team that leads the deepest conference in the country and has now beaten almost all of those teams. So Mary Harden Baylor has definitely should be ranked. Um, I think they will be this week. That's not a, a, you know, provided they don't lose to Bellhaven, that, that that's not a, a great pronouncement. I would be curious from you, though, because I have a hard time as a voter. I've almost moved them all in a cloud of five up and down my ballot. I have Trinity ranked, too. I'm almost all of their points, too. And I keep moving them up and down, as, you know, because I can't I can't distinguish between the games. You know, this would be that one and that would be this one. So they just all kind of move as a cloud. Is the cloud, are they too high as a cloud? Are they too low as a cloud? Should they be a cloud in the top 10? Where should that cloud be? <laughs> Here's the hardest thing about a conference like the ASC. All the games are, are very close. And you look yeah. at the way the teams play, they, there's so much parity. Uh, and, and they're so both, you know, you, you look at Harden Simmons, uh, ETBU, UT Dallas, and then, of course, Mary Harden Baylor. They're all playing with a very balanced style. And you look at the results of those games, no one's, completely dominating against another one. And so I think that's what makes it hard to kind of separate the two. As far as kind of moving that cloud, like you talked about, I mean, I think probably just right where where they're at right now. I mean, I think between that, you know, 13 to to 20, 
three twenty five spot. You know, I think UT Dallas definitely has some work to do if they want to get up into the top twenty. But Harden Simmons and ETBU certainly have the case. ETBU, I mean, we see the way they played early on this season. And then, you know, Mary Harden Baylor, you, you look at what they did. They had a 10 point lead over Trinity, who's receiving votes um, yeah. at the time when they played him back in November and blew that 10 point lead in the second half. And then went to Colorado College, played in altitude, had trouble adjusting, and just couldn't get back in the game. So uh, those are the two losses they have. But then you look at some of the other teams, and the same case could be made for different reasons. Almost all the losses, though, you look at those top AS, top four AC teams came in that November, December stretch. So uh, it's definitely a hard, hard place to put all of them. But I think uh, right there, kind of middle middle ground. Now, interesting to get your thoughts really quickly, too. Marion Baylor has beaten now the other three teams in the AC that were ranked. Do, do they – jump ahead of them or how they should that? be the head of the they That's should be the work. head of the cloud <laughs> right i mean because you could get you could say we opportunity to beat them but then you get into the yeah but so and so beat mary hard baylor is the only one that's beaten more than one of that team and done it on the road right and that to me is big and it didn't happen in november it happened 25 minutes ago so if i'm evaluating the top 25 teams now and not who i thought they were in november both the recency of their win the number of the win and the and the and the road factor, which I consider to be really, really important. They should be the they should be if you if you have the cloud approach, they should be the first one in it. They is talking about, you know, how you mentioned Christopher Newport's step. ETBU's a team I really like because of that. And Mary Hart Baylor, frankly, for that same matter, they have such a balance and they can really rotate five in, five out pretty easily. Uh, you see him doing it a lot of yeah. games. ETBU does in every game. I mean, they, they start with True. five, yeah. replace five, and so they do with that complete switch. Having that balance come tournament time or even conference tournament time late when the games yeah. start to matter a little bit more in February and all the right. things that, that, that we talked about with COVID, uh, you, you never know who you're going to have out on the floor. Having the depth where you have 10 players who have played a lot of minutes definitely yeah. helps you. I think that makes the AAC such a tough conference. Uh, throughout this season agreed I know we got to let Gordon go uh, Gordon I'm not going to hold you but there was a question of who you thought who we thought w- would match best with hope in a possible tournament matchup you kind of answered that earlier you think it's trying right I do I, I mean of the teams I've watched trying is the one that I know can play with them and that hope knows can play with them and that you know that they know they can play with them I'm sure they're getting tired of, of, of losing to the same faces over and over and over again um, it, it's hard for me to find a next one on the list. I thought it was Eau Claire because they had length, um, but they, you know, their their offense is not quite to put together. Amherst makes me pause because they only play eight players or, or seven players. Whitewater will be the next one on the list, uh, then, and I think I have them third. Um, I like their size. I, I think Grundall and Johanna Taylor match up pretty well with Olivia Voskol and whichever one of the – 35 forwards Brian Morehouse has, happens to be playing forward that yeah. night. Um, you know, the thing I, I don't know is I, I hope's guards are fast and long and Whitewater's guards are a little short and fast. And so I wonder if, you know, Yisa Santa Domingo for Whitewater can get a shot off when she's playing against players with, you know, big wingspans. Yeah. Those would be the next yeah. two on my list. Hey, bud, I appreciate it. I know you got to run. Thanks so much. Riley, sure. stick with us for a second here. I got a couple questions for you, but Gordon, take care, and we'll we'll look forward to talking to you down the road. Yep. And Gordon Mann joining us, uh, and we switched screens to just Riley. Um, appreciate Gordon coming on and, and Brennan, and we hope that answered your question on, on who we think 
matches up with hope. Riley, we haven't got a chance to really get to know you, so I figured I'd, I'd spend a couple minutes here real quick. We, again, you're part of True true to the Crew. Um, a lot of people spell that T-R-U to play off the C-R-U. You add the E to be a little bit more, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Pro- uh, pr- appropriate. That's the exactly. right spelling, and I, under- I understand that. Um, give yeah. us a quick sense of what got you into Division Three, outside of if it was just Mary Harden Baylor and and being a student there, and and kind of what you're doing now. Well, I, I'm actually not a student at Mary Harden Baylor. I'm, I'm a junior in high school. What? Uh, nope, that's it. He's done. He's off the air, folks. We can't have this kind of stuff. Oh, I'm sorry, my microphone's still on, isn't it? Uh, you know, it's kind of interesting how, how it kind of started. I'll, I'll summarize that for you. But you started getting into sports writing with the Sports Illustrated Kids Kid Reporter Program back when I was in middle school, I think. And really, I mean, I always enjoyed sports and, and the stats, different things that, that went into the, the sports beyond just the games. And they were play out on the corner of the field. So I ended up, you know, covering Texas Longhorns down for, for a couple of years. And- well, we won't fault you for that, Riley. It's a wrong division, but we won't fault you for it. Moved up. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things I, I always had known about Mary Harden Baylor up in Belton, not too far from me. And, uh, you know, of course, the football program, we know what they've done, but but basketball has been incredible the last uh, five, six years. Uh, you know, men's, of course, under Ken DeWeese for quite some time now under Cliff Carroll and the women under Martin Moorfield. And kind of thought, you know, hey, D3 doesn't get a lot of coverage. I, I noticed the success these programs were having. Wanted to read about Mary Harden Baylor just because I, I knew they were close and was interested in them and couldn't really find a whole lot about them. So thought, hey, what would it look like if we took this model that we have for so many Division One schools where we cover one school in depth, uh, go kind of beyond the stats, cover the stories, and and put it to a to a Division Three school. And it's worked out in a huge way for Mary Harden Baylor that the you know, it'd be awesome if if more people would do something like this because Division Three coverage, I mean, what you guys do, what, what Pat and D3Hoops.com does, it, it's incredible and in helping to really get some of that promotion uh, for Division Three sports and Division Three basketball because you know, there, there really needs to be more of it. Uh, the, the level of play is so high, the talent so high, and that's always been my goal in it, just to really give these athletes and, and coaches an, an opportunity, you know, to be able to be covered and, and, and really cover division three as a whole, because the teams that Mary Harmbiller plays cover them uh, as well and, and lean up to the matchups. And of course, we'd love to do more uh, with, with division three, uh, just limited in, in terms of my bandwidth, but yeah, that's kind of how it started. And, and really, I mean, I've, I've been impressed by how many people have, have begun to support it and, and follow uh, true the crew. It's been awesome. Well, hey, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. We'll get you on a few more times with your thoughts on the top 25. You're not the youngest who's ever appeared on the show. That goes to Derek Kale, uh, who is uh, now an assistant coach at Oswego. But uh, we don't get that many youngins on the show, and I appreciate it. Well, I guess the youngins now my son, but we haven't seen him on <laughs> camera technically. Don't you dare think about it. Uh, <laughs> but thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. Uh, and, and your insight was 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 uh, helpful. Uh, we'll look forward to getting you on, whether it's next week or or in the future somewhere to get your top 25 take. And, hey, enjoy the run, rest of the season at the very least, and we'll look forward to talking to you down the road. Exactly, Dave. Thank you so much for for the opportunity. Looking forward to, to coming on again and, and as we get closer to tournament time. Absolutely. Hey, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for your time. And uh, I know you got another game to go cover, so we'll let you get off the hook and do that. <laughs> take care of yourself. Thank you, Dave. You Riley too. joining us from True the Crew.
Uh, true to the crew. We appreciate him taking the time. We're going to take another break and wrap up the show. Andy's past his bedtime, but we're going to get one more segment in. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the NABC Studios. Thanks to our partners at Blue Frame Technology. And, of course, um, the Blue Frame Technology and, of course, the WBCA is what I meant to say. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by all of those groups. Back with more after this. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.D3Hoops.com. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Whoa, there, there it is again, that audio all over the place. Trying to, there we go. I think that's the sweet spot. We're going to go with that with the audio for now. I'm telling you, this computer's got a mind of its own tonight. If you've got questions for us, uh, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. You can also uh, tweet us. At D3 Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville, Instagram at D3 Hoopsville, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. We did get a question earlier if there was any audio coming through. Clearly, we were having tech issues earlier. So anyway, I want to thank all of you for tuning in and thanks for joining us. Uh, real quick, I want to thank my son, Andy, for uh, not the show we anticipated having, but he did a good job nonetheless. Uh, unfortunately, it's well past his bedtime, so we, we must send him on his way. So, sir, good night, so long, farewell, Evita Zane. Thank you so much. You can see him wave and good night. He will be back on future shows, and we will certainly do a better job of keeping things rolling along. I want to thank him. Good work by him, to say the least, as uh, we, we let him go. Um, so a couple things we didn't get a chance to get around to um, because, you know, first beginning of the show didn't get go off so well. First and foremost, got some scores from around the division we'll keep an eye on. Um, Johns Hopkins coming off of a loss to Swarthmore on Tuesday. Swarthmore came, uh, was leading 32-31 at the end of the first half. Johns Hopkins actually got up in the second half, played really well, but it was um, a big run near the end of the game, and Swarthmore ended up outscoring Hopkins by eight in the final half to win by nine, 78-69. it, it, listen, I thought this was a Hopkins win at one point. Uh, Hopkins also started the game well. They played well in the middle of the game. They played well in the second half, but it ended up being Swarthmore in the end. Ryan Scott making a comment that uh, it looked like the depth of Swarthmore ended up being the advantage. Um, 
I say that because those two teams playing tonight, it's a, a three-game set for the Centennial play this week. And Swarthmore defeated Washington College 98-47. Washington College got trucked. Oh, who was it? I just forgot. Um, lost earlier this week. I'm going to have to look that one up because I thought I knew who it was. I thought there was a good Washington College team this year, but they, they aren't playing as well as I thought. Remember, uh, they only lost to Yeshiva by nine. They lost to Franklin Marshall 85-66, and the game wasn't even that close at one point. Um, so anyway, Swarthmore the big win. In the meantime, Hopkins is playing McDaniel, and the last score we got there, it is 58-41. So it is... Hopkins only led by six at the half, but they're extending the lead in the second half. There's about six minutes left to go in that game. Uh, Marion Baylor and East Texas Baptist are playing right now. Obviously, if you're listening on the podcast, they're not playing right now. Um, it looks like Gettysburg and Franklin and Marshall in a bit of a battle, also in Centennial play. That's tied to 48-48 in, this, in the final quarter of the game. I'm trying to see if there's any other games. Oswego defeated Potsdam 76-58. It's probably a team that's going to be getting more and more attention. Cortland uh, blitz Platts, Plattsburgh by 30, 82-52. Um, St. Thomas of Texas defeated Trinity of Texas in men's basketball 59-51. That's a big win for St. Thomas. And Trinity, Texas, which has been playing well and been receiving – Top 25 attention takes their third loss of the season. And let's see. I don't see any others that jump out of me. On the women's side of things, uh, Hope got its 58th straight victory with a 94-49 win. No matter how you look at it, it's a reverse score. 94-49, 49-94. It, it works both ways. Um, Mary Harden Baylor, we mentioned earlier, got a win over East Texas Baptist in overtime. Uh, let me go back and double-check how that one played out. Um, this is how Riley tweeted it out. He said, five seconds left in overtime. Bethany McLeod, another big steal on ETBU's inbounds pass. Missed both free throws, but ETBU misses on a layup at the buzzer. And Mary Harden-Baylor wins. That's how that one played out. Harden-Simmons easily got past Howard Payne, 78-45. Uh, Trinity and St. Thomas down in Texas are playing now. That's coming up on halftime if it hasn't gotten there already. Um, looking at other scores that jump out at me based on how teams have been playing, and maybe I'm just missing on it. Hopkins beat McDaniel 47-38. Haverford with a big win over Sinus 60-48. Saw Haverford recently. They're, they're a pretty good team, but McDaniel came from 15 down to almost beat them. Well, not almost beat them, but almost tie it. And I said that wrong. Uh, Gettysburg beat F&M 65-40. Again, this is women's basketball, and there's a bunch of other games in there as well. So interesting night uh, around the nation. You really should check it out. Ryan uh, Scott goes, uh, he teased it on the last show and he did it 10 from t- D three. That's who starred and of course talking about in the pros, he basically breaks down um, who he felt were the, uh, the best top 10 players who played in division three that went on to play in the pros as the uh, caption says in the picture, we're not giving any, Thing away by saying that Devin George, a first Division three player drafted in the first round of the NBA draft, is high on this list. Yeah, that's an obvious statement. But it's a great article. Definitely should go and check that one out. A note from last week, and I totally have forgotten to get into the show, uh, Wisconsin Whitewater women's basketball team last Wednesday dealing with COVID had an interesting quirk, uh, as it were. 
Um, I'm double checking who they were playing because I don't want to get this one wrong. Um, last Wednesday, they played, was it Oshkosh? Is that the right team? Yeah, we were playing Oshkosh, went into overtime, and they won 67 63. Neither Oshkosh nor Whitewater had their head coach. Both of them were being assisted by assistants. Whitewater didn't even have um, Carollo's husband, who's assistant, at, there either. So both assistants coaching, uh, and both games went to, or that game went to overtime, and it was a 67-63 win for Whitewater, who's won three straight, by the way, Oshkosh, Eau Claire, and Plantville, playing River Falls on Saturday. Just an interesting quirk, and just what we're dealing with with COVID. Um, not how they drew it up, as it were, but it, it's how it played out. So uh, that was a note I've been meaning to get into a bunch of shows, and I just keep forgetting to do it. Um, trying to double check if we got any questions. I forgot to check email. I apologize if anybody's emailed us. Uh, there we go. Uh, we did lose Dan, um, Prusner probably by the time we, we shut it down, he was trying to get back in. That's our fault, but, uh, we weren't sure how much longer we we're going to have to go. So, uh, we, we had technical issues across the board today. Uh, Double-checking if any of you have posted somewhere else in a comment. So we just want to see. Uh, it says, when do the first regional rankings come out? Um, sorry, uh, Travis, for being so uh, late on this, if if we're just seeing it now. They won't come out until February. Remember, we get three regional rankings, and they lead into the final games. Final day of the regular season is February 27th. So the third week will be the 23rd. Second week will be the 16th. First week will be the 9th. We won't get regional rankings until February 9th. We're looking to do our marathon either um, the week of the 31st of January, which is the 31st, February 1, 2. So either January 31st or February 3rd or February 7th will be one of the three dates we're looking at to do the marathon because the rankings don't come out until the 9th. Um, I have a feeling, I don't know. I'm going to toss it around with some people, try and figure out. But regional rankings do not come out until the 9th just do the quirkiness of the schedule because we finished the regular season on the 27th. So there you go. Hope, hope that answers your question, Travis. Sorry for my delay in getting to that. Uh, I just didn't, I just didn't get a chance to see it until now. Um, I think that's it. I didn't have any other questions. Um, sorry for the quirkiness of the show. We're finally working out how we want to do this show the way we really want to do it. And now we just got to figure out why this mic's not working. I think I'm going to get rid of the, uh, the new connection we have with it and go, go another direction. But we want to confirm that first. Um, but thank you everybody for uh, appearing or everybody being on the show. Really appreciate it. Um, we'll be back on the air Sunday, seven o'clock Eastern time. And we will have, um, let's see here. Uh, well, we will do the old Northeast the old Atlantic, the old South, and the old Central regions. So that means regions 1, 2, 4, 6, and 8. 1, 2, 4, 6, and 8 uh, will be our... So it's basically kind of the even number of regions, not counting region 1, are on Sundays. The odd region numbers are on Thursdays, not counting region 10. Basically how you can look at it. We'll talk even numbers on Sunday along with region one because region one and two are basically paired. And we'll talk uh, odd numbers on Thursday. And that is exception of region 10 because nine and 10 get paired. Make sense? Already working on the marathon show. 
uh, and got some great guest ideas there. We're going to, we're going to hash those out, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So there you go. Stick with D3hoops.com, of course, with updated scores, updated schedules, updated anything that we can get our hands on. We will do our best to update everything we can. Um, and there you go. If you got a guest idea you think we should talk to, email us, hoopsville at d3sports.com. If you want to be an advertiser or a sponsor on the show, email us, hoopsville at d3sports.com. Uh, if you've got questions for us, you can also email us. You can also tweet us. You can also Instagram us. We can try and interact there. Uh, and every other way, shape, and form. So there you go. Um, oh, there you go. Travis, thank you. I just, apparently you asked a minute ago. Well, that's called great timing then. <laughs> uh, by the way, another thing that nobody thought of, but Ryan thought of it tonight. Remember, we try and remember who has, who has, um, um, was it uh, priority on the opening weekend in an even number year. I thought it was women, but it's men this year who will have the priority in the opening weekend. Women will have the priority in the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. So remember that. Odd number year, it's women who get it first. Even number year, it's men who get it first. And no, we don't believe that because we lost last year, that changed. Uh, I think that just to make life easier, they kept it the way it was. Uh, really, if they, remember, that's a, a an all-division thing for all sports. So if they changed it, that would have affected sports that did play in a year that basketball didn't and all that craziness so there you go i think that's going to wrap it up um appreciate you all tuning in thanks very much sorry for our our challenges um but things are going well and uh we we've figured out some of the quirks and we figured out some of the cool stuff that we can now do with the show maybe some of you saw some advertising that doesn't over always run for you on the podcast we're still figuring out how to uh put ads in so your breaks might have actually been a little bit shorter this time around I uh, want to thank our guests who appeared on the show, Aaron Grease from Augsburg, uh, Doreen Carden from Albion, Dan Prusner from Easton. Despite the technical guilt difficulties, we apologize missing out on, on Dan at the end. Uh, Michelle from Utica, and of course, Gordon and Riley in our top 25 double take. Uh, we'll do the men's double take coming up on Monday. Uh, we may be adding another voice to that just for the fun of it. And uh, there you go. I got nothing else. I want to thank my son, Andy, for uh, starting to learn how to do this show as well. He is the new producer extraordinaire, as we used to call the, to- the, the title, when Chris Tower was here doing things. We'll add to his plate. He may be the one who's running things a little bit more on Twitter during the show, but uh, thanks all the, all the same. You've been listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com. I want to thank our partners at D3Hoops.com. And of course, our, also our partners at the National Association of Basketball Coaches, the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, also, the uh, Blue Frame technology, where we get to have all this fun with the technology that gives you the show, um, but of course gets us to also stream the show on Amazon TV, Roku TV, Android TV, and Apple TV via the Team One Sports app. If you're listening to the podcast, I hope you're finding it on the avenue that you so choose, either on SoundCloud or the many other options we have out there. If for some reason you don't and you got this message, let us know where you like to listen to it, and we'll see if we're adding it to that portal as well. That'll do it for us. We'll be back on the air Monday at 7 o'clock Eastern time. You've been listening to Hoopsville. If you want to talk Division Three basketball, you've got to listen to Hoopsville. Good night, everybody.